0: Hi, this is Michael. I hope you're all doing great. Make me a deal and make it
1: good for me. I won't get full of myself, so I can't afford to be. here. This is small town music, this is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song
0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me today, all the way from Ohio, he's here on family vacation. He is the host of the PF's Tape Recorder Podcast.
2: Yes, and uh, I guess producer of the Cincy Shirts Podcast.
0: There you go. And uh, he's got a Cincy Shirts label on his computer.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah,
0: he is. uh, He is PF Wilson. How are you doing, PF?
2: Good. Finally uh, finally made it. Finally.
0: <laughs> we've been talking about this for years. Cause, Literally. Because I've been on your show a yes. couple of times. Yep. And uh, uh, you're married for a long time, over 20 years. So am I. You yes. have uh, two daughters. Correct. So do I. Your uh, first two initials are PF. Correct. So are mine. Yep. Your last name is Wilson. My mm. real last name is Dodson. Yep. What's the PF stand for? Tell everybody. Patrick Francois. You're also a Patrick. hmm And I'm... Patrick Francis. Francis. Yes.
2: People sometimes ask me if the F stands for Francis. But it's It does not.
0: It doesn't. It's nope. Francois.
2: And you grew up in Pennsylvania. I lived in Pittsburgh for mm, well on and off for 5 6 years.
0: Yeah. So look, a lot of a lot of similarities. Yes. And then how long have you been in Ohio?
2: Well, I grew up in Ohio. I'm from Cleveland originally. Oh, okay. And my dad, uh, my parents were divorced. My dad moved to Pittsburgh in 1976 for a job. They said, well, you'll just be there for a year. We'll, we'll move you back to Cleveland. And that never happened. And so I would spend my summers down in Pittsburgh. And uh, I made some really good friends there. I'm cool. still friends with to this day. And uh, yeah, and so um, uh, that's my Pittsburgh connection. And, then, you know, I went to college in Bowling Green. And uh, my wife is from Aurora, Ohio. I'm from Mentor. And uh, we met at college. Her brother introduced us. Mm-hmm. She still hasn't forgiven him.
0: <laughs> well, I'm so glad we could fit this in because you're yeah. here, you're out here on a family vacation, correct? Wife, daughters, mother-in-law, and sister-in-law. sister-in-law. Yes, that's a that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of ladies. That is, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so for you to get to to break away and do a guy thing, that was good.
2: Well, I said this. We need to do this, and my wife was, oh yeah, that's absolutely fine. Okay, I cool. thought that yeah, I was very surprised at how easy it was to get us to work out. So
0: it's uh, I always uh, it always amazes me when someone you know flies in just to do this. Mm-hmm. That that's happened before. People yeah. are just oh, I just flew in for this. I'm like what what? <laughs> so uh, I try to make it a, a good experience. Hopefully, this will be a good experience. Tell us about uh, PF's tape recorder.
2: Uh, PF's tape. I started that in 2011, I think, and uh, I guess I realized that you know you could. When I knew what I finally figured out what a podcast was, being an old radio guy, I'm like, "Oh, this is kind of cool." And uh, it was comedian David Feldman that really gave me a push in the right direction. He he had me download Skype and gave me some pointers. Mm-hmm. I was interviewing him for a newspaper article, and he gave me all these pointers. And then um, uh, it just took off from there. So what I do, the way I fool people into being on is I interview mostly comedians uh, for two papers, Cincinnati City Beat, Minneapolis City Pages. And then I asked the people, can I use the audio for my podcast? That's great. And 99 out of 100 will say yes. There's a few people that have said no. Who said no? Uh, We're going to name names. Sure. Uh, Michelle Wolf said no. Oh, come on, Michelle. Or her her people did. That was a funny. Well, that's the
0: thing. She probably would have said yes.
2: Maybe, but um, the funny thing is Is that her publicist before the interview Said, uh, don't talk She was on The Daily Show, she was mm-hmm. a course partner Don't talk about The Daily Show, don't, would something bad happen? And they're, no, just don't talk about The Daily Show Well, she was fine talking about The Daily Show
0: That's, that's No the, problem
2: at all And I, I I, know she wants to talk about her career and her comedy That's fine, but people know you From The Daily Show yeah. at this point in your career right? So talk about it, and she was fine with it um, I didn't ask her about being on the Podcast, big people that you would think Would have said no or didn't have time Ira Glass, more than happy to do it. He's been on twice. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah. He's just such a nice guy. And then um I don't know if William Shatner knows he was on the podcast, <laughs> but he But was. I asked his publicist and his publicist said, I'll check. And I asked again and I never heard back. So I said, well, you know what? <laughs> Guess what, Bill? Same thing with John Cleese. Apologies to Mr. Cleese.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the... um Yeah, I love when nice people are, I I love when people are just nice, like the easiest people for me when I, when I book a musician guest is someone who is like their own person. Like when I email their website and And they they, answer and they answer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the easiest. Yep. And, uh, and they're always like them. It's just, yeah. What time? Yeah. I can do, they'll give me a couple, you know, a couple dates and a couple times and I pick one and they're here. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes publicists, it's rough. They get in the way. They get in the way sometimes. Um, I've really only had, oh man, I bet two or three, maybe not even three, maybe even like two people that were weren't great to deal with. Yeah, and um, sadly, one was uh, for a big event, which was uh, the Rick Springfield podcast at the SF Sketch Fest. Those people were, uh,
1: oh yeah, yeah, were, yeah.
0: were beyond uh, not helpful and um, <laughs> just abysmal. He he deserves better people as far as I'm concerned. I would imagine a lot of these people, celebrity uh, musicians, if they knew how their publicists were treating the people they were dealing with, they'd probably not like it. Yeah, exactly. I would think so. I mean, I, I, your publicist job isn't to be a dick.
2: And getting to keep you out of the press. Because yeah. he did something horrible.
0: Holy crap. <laughs> but, um, and how many episodes of the PF's tape recorder in the, do we have?
2: Uh, let me see. Sunday will be 413.
0: Yeah. We're just, we're just a little bit ahead of you.
2: Yeah. 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 I think yeah. we just well, dropped
0: 418.
2: Yeah. I was a little lazy at first and I didn't have a set schedule, but then as I started to pick up steam, mm-hmm. I figured I should probably be doing this once a week. And I teach podcasting to the young people on Saturdays, uh, in the spring, summer and fall to, to gifted kids. And one of the lessons I teach them is the, your number one lesson is to stay on a schedule, yes. even though you can listen anytime. Yeah. People want Like I, and Case in point with the show, I know every Thursday morning I can go and download Rock Solid and I can mm-hmm. listen to it whenever. Yeah. But I know it's available then.
0: I when I post it on the Art nineteen site, I, I post it on every Thursday and at one AM. Always.
2: I'm I'm more loosey goosey if I yeah. get to it. So, it's, sometimes but still it's Monday, that's I mean that's just
0: that's just I'm just like I'm just gonna keep you know what I mean? Yeah. But um it is out
2: once a week though, I can assure you. And I this um Podbean didn't used to let they used to let me schedule it, then they took that functionality away because I have the cheap uh, account and they have grandfathered me in, and they gave that back to me. Now oh, I can, good, I can so I was able to schedule the next three episodes while I'm out here.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's just a, it's a it's a relief off my head. Like I have, I think I have the next three already uploaded. Oh, there you go. And that would only change if, let's say, uh, a celebrity guest was able to record next week, and then I want to draw. I always want to drop that mm-hmm. quickly. So then I would just, but then you just go into the uh, your Art19 site, and I just change the date. It's yep. real simple. Yeah. but yeah, it's um. Same. Yeah, there, there's just there's like four or five rules that I always give people, and I think if you stick with that, and number one is have fun, and number two, make sure it's uh, something that you're passionate about that you're not going to get bored with, you're not going to get sick of. You know
2: Graham Elwood, of course. Yes. Graham Elwood's rule is uh, it should be about something, which sounds obvious, but it yeah. should be about something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This can't be you talking to no microphone. The 40-year-old boy is the only one that can get away with that, and Bilber.
0: Right, right, right. Those about the stream of consciousness. People. Right, right. I don't have enough uh, things that happen in my life no. to sit down in front of the. I mean, you want to hear about uh, you know me painting? Yeah, you know for <laughs> five minutes? not
2: artistic painting, not artistic painting, 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 the painting bathroom, 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 yeah, bedroom. the living
0: room, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I put a new a new coat of stain on the picnic table. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> I want to keep the illusion that uh, the fun stuff's happening. Exactly, but. Um, so you're here, and here's what we're doing. Your favorite band, is is it your favorite band?
2: Oh, there, there's some debate here. Uh, it is either the Beach Boys or Custom Maneuvers in the Dark, and my uh, daughter Liza and I have determined that it is, in fact, the Beach Boys. It is the Beach Boys. Because I've liked them longer, and mm-hmm. they have just more material. Yeah. But OMD would be uh, a very close, close second. second. Yeah, yeah. Did you
0: score some free tickets to see the Beach Boys at one point? Am yes, I, I've did. seen
2: the Beach Boys 11 times.
0: How many times have you seen them free? Could have you seen them free? Three times? That's good.
2: I saw Brian Wilson, actually, and here's the funny part about that story, is when I saw Brian Wilson, I actually saw more actual Beach Boys than when I saw (laughs) the Beach Boys, because it's Brian, Al... And Blondie Chapman, yes. who was a, a member in the 70s. Do sure. you know this from the fellow he had on he, before? Yeah, he's
0: on uh, that two, two albums, I think, Blondie is. Yes. Two or three.
2: And then when you see... Kevin Hartbarger. When you, that's the, right. He did, would have coast. done a much better job than me, by the way. <laughs> thank you for doing that. It was, that was a fantastic episode. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, and uh, so anyway, with the Beach Boys you see touring, it's, it's Bruce and Mike, which is fine. They have a great backing band. But I mean, if you want to see more actual Beach Boys, go see Brian Wilson. Now, I'm Team Mike, and a lot of people aren't.
0: Well, I mean, I, look, I and just... And I'm not
2: mad at Brian, but no, I'm just...
0: I just want to hear the guy who sang the song sing the songs. That's,
2: that's, the, yeah, that's the thing, too. Well, they both did leads, so you're yeah. going to get... Yeah, that's the thing.
0: Uh, but, I mean, Mike so sings more of the... He rain. sings
2: more, yeah. And like as, as your guest pointed out, yeah, was it Kevin or Keith, you said? Kevin. Kevin. As he pointed out, you know, just by sheer will of force, Mike kept the Beach Boys going. Yeah. And yeah. that's, you know...
0: And uh, the current drummer in the Beach Boys. Oh, yeah. Uh, is that, uh John, John Cousel? Cal- John Cousel.
2: He was He was
0: he, yeah. he sat right here at this table. It's unbelievable. Yeah.
2: And the one guy that's in Brian's band now was in Mike's band before. Okay. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he was, and if anyone saw the 50th anniversary concert, he's the one that introduces everybody. Okay. And he sings Brian's high parts that Brian can no longer hit.
0: All right. Which is fine. Yeah, because uh, none of these artists at that age can can do what they used to do like when i when i hear a guy say i'm singing better than ever i'm I'm like "Mm, mm." the
2: man we're gonna hear at this evening uh tonight or this afternoon his voice is still in really good shape and he said he's and he he doesn't consider himself a good singer mm and mccluskey of omd um but he uh his voice has really stayed in shape and he uh says this because they no longer go out to 3 a.m in the morning and are partying Uh, you know they take take care of his voice true so i think there's some people that do probably sound better because they're not living the rock and roll lifestyle
0: anymore The, uh, so what we're doing today is uh, we came up with this. We came up with how, like, I'm not real familiar with OMD. You're probably
2: more familiar with OMD than I am with your band.
0: Right. Yes. And the songs that I like from OMD are the songs that you you are sick of, I think. The, just,
2: just the one. Just the one. Just the one. It's the uh, I Want You to Want Me of the yes. OMD catalog. If You Leave. Yes.
0: And you told me that that song isn't even... Uh, isn't a good representation of what not OMD does not at all but at the same time you're glad that it exists because more people know about omd well right? only
2: because i can shorthand say and when people say who's omd i can say they sing. if you leave and the people go oh yeah
0: it's so <laughs> frustrating when you love a band and you're like thin lizzy what do they sing <sighs> jailbreak and and boys and are back boys are town. back in town and tons of better songs that you don't know you jerk
2: <laughs> funny story Wolf, before i forget this we were talking about omd and the beach boys being my favorite group I'm on Facebook one day, I'm in the OMD page, and I see these floral shirts and stuff, I'm like, "That's wonder what that's all about, so I click on it, it's the Beach Boys with OMD on stage in Germany, they're doing the finale for this big show, doing good vibrations, what in the world is beach? this, yeah, it was crazy, and when I interviewed Paul Humphreys, I asked him later, he said, oh, we co-headlined a tour in Germany, the two of us, and there were a couple of other people, I can't remember, some guy that had a couple of hits in... You would know what they were, and I can't remember what the guy's name was. And some German gal that okay. had a bunch. So it was a, a four-act bill, but an OMD and Beach Boys took turns headlining.
0: And your wife didn't send you over there for your I birthday? I had not even
2: existed until I saw this on Facebook. And then there's actually a good recording of it from German TV. Mm-hmm. And Paul and was like, yeah, we weren't really big Beach Boy fans. But we respected them, you know, the songwriting and then the craft and all mm-hmm. that. I was like, that just blew my mind that they were on stage together.
0: In all honesty, if you had heard about that in time, would you have tried to go?
2: Uh, I probably couldn't have. There's just, that seems insurmountable economically. It, it, and that I have, the fact that I have eight jobs, the fact that I was off for a week to come here right. is astonishing. Although I'm, I'm the guy that can't disconnect. I was checking emails this morning from three of my jobs and it's terrible.
0: Now the t-shirt company you work for, they're the people that do the rock solid t-shirts. Correct. And thank you for setting me up with that. It it seems to be... I mean, I don't know how many people out there are are buying shirts. I I don't... I need to buy more. I don't hawk it all the time, (laughs) but I think we have some cool designs, and uh, you guys do a great job. So, uh, yeah, so go buy some shirts. Definitely. (laughs) And you can go to rocksolidpodcast.com. There's a shirt button. You click on It's easy. It takes you right there. One, two, three. Yeah, done. So our our episode today is because I'm going to talk about the band UFO. So I decided that it would be U-F-O-M-D. Which I love. U-F-O-M-D. Right. That's the episode. Two bands that don't uh, go together. At all. At all. It'll be, uh, it'll be a, a wildly um, diverse show. They big. go
2: by three letters, though. Although, OMD stands for something, but they do go by OMD and
0: Unaiden- UFO. Unidentified Flying Object.
2: But is that what they actually go... Is that their official name? See, now. Yeah, it's, it's UFO, right?
0: But, I mean, the, the first, uh, their first um, album for Chrysalis Records has a UFO on it. Okay, So, I mean...
2: That's all I know about them. In <laughs> high school, they used to have these, uh, they let the art students paint these huge wooden dividers that divided mm-hmm. up the cafeteria. And so there was Led Zeppelin it, and there was a, someone did a UFO one.
0: Yeah. Some and, burnout.
2: <laughs> so I figured I probably wouldn't like this band based on the other bands that were around sure, them. Sure. So I've, I've never, I've never listened.
0: Cause they are of that, they are of that ilk. If you, yes. I would say like, if you like, and I don't think you do, but if you like th- of like a band like Thin Lizzy, which I mentioned earlier in the show already, uh, I think you would like UFO. They're, I don't mind Thin Lizzy, British. It's more hard rock than heavy metal, yeah. In my opinion. It's, late, it's sure that it's, late
2: sixties kind of uh, yeah, yeah hard rock. That kind of yeah you know. went into the you know seventies
0: mm-hmm. and yeah. So I mean, um, I just love them. My uh, how did you come to uh, to get into OMD?
2: Uh, it was in weirdly uh, it, in college. Uh, I came in in the middle of the catalog, I guess you would say, or towards the I guess about the middle of the catalog. And I was, liked the new wave music, but weirdly, they were never on MTV because I didn't know this until much later in, in my musical fandom, is that a lot of groups uh, in England would be on a label like Virgin, but Virgin didn't have a U.S. operation here, so okay. they would have to sign to a different label. And, uh, and oddly, in that story, uh, even though U2 was on CBS Records in England... <laughs> CBS Records in America didn't want them. Those guys, a couple Irish. Hmm. So they ended up on Island Records here. Seems like a mistake. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So anyway, OMD is on Virgin Records over in the UK. And over here, they had the sign with Epic. And Epic had absolutely no idea what to do with them. I never saw their videos on MTV. Yeah. And then in the summer of 85, um the uh, the you remember the one of 4.7 in Pittsburgh? I might have been before your time. Yeah, yeah no no, I know one. Yeah. Pittsburgh's heartbeat, WYDD. Yeah. They um played uh, So in Love and they put it against a Prince song for some reason. It was New Music Tuesday or something. And of course, the Prince just beat the hell out of them sure. in the phone but not a fair they played fight,
0: not a fair fight.
2: They played So in Love like, "Wow, this is really good." And I um heard him a little in college because we had the album in our rotation at the college station and I'd heard Tesla girls and I liked that but then I did a deep dive uh, after I bought crush which is the fifth album
0: okay yeah and then you then you were all Sixth in. Album. you were all in all in yeah how many albums total
2: there's 11 I didn't I think there'd be a quiz here I have them all <laughs> listed here yeah there's I think 11 I think there's 11 all let me right. think there's first four then there's the middle three in America at seven yeah 11 11 yeah
0: i have to count the ufo albums. Excluding, 20, excluding yeah they have a ton 9 10 11 12 13 14 18, 15 19 20 21 oh 22 God. albums i'm not going to talk about the first two albums and i'm not going to talk about the most recent album because it's an all covers album oh, okay but um
2: i'm talking about all 11 OMD. that's cool
0: because <laughs> you have you have uh, less albums to talk
2: yep, about so, that's correct up. yep
0: so for me in ufo um again when i had a you know small town pennsylvania holidaysburg and i had my stereo receiver and i had a uh, i had a cable wire in my um in my in my bedroom cuz i uh, i had bought a, port- a portable tv with my paper route money <laughs> and then uh i, I got a splitter because i saw that you could hook the cable into your receiver and then i could get stations from pittsburgh oh i didn't know that yeah i, I could put the- i could put cable into the into the back of the stereo and uh so that's when um so i knew of ufo but i really only knew like uh, the song Too Hot to Handle and the song Lights Out. Those are the only two songs I knew. And those were from their one, two, three, four, five, six, from their sixth album. Those are really the only songs I knew. So I went to see Cheap Trick in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Civic Arena. It was my seven, second concert ever. I think it was 1981. And UFOs opening. And I'm like, UFO, what are they? And we like, I don't know how we did research then, but someone said, oh, they sing, you know, that song Too Hot to Handle. I'm like, oh yeah, I know, that. okay. So we weren't really even interested in UFO we were just there to see Cheap Trick and as soon as they came out it was like the first uh, it might have been the first and only time that I've seen a band that I've never seen before where I was like what what is happening right now this is incredible like I I liked them that night as much as I liked Cheap Trick so uh they really uh yeah they really um really made an impression on me to say the least and then from that point I was all in so. Isn't,
2: isn't it great discovering a band as an opening act? It's cra- It was crazy. Yeah. We it still do that. This day we've discovered our, our, our all time favorite opening act. My uh, oldest daughter, Hannah and I, is a group called paradise spheres. Uh, they're from South Dakota. And when she used to be in all or, well, she still is kind of in what you call your emo bands, uh, all time low and people of that. It seems like paradise spheres mm-hmm. would always turn yeah. up on these multi bill access. the yeah. First act. And we loved them. Great kids.
0: What was funny was UFO was opening. Uh, I discovered them as an opening act when they're re- re- they're, uh, they're touring under their ninth album. <laughs> so then you can really take a deep dive after that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, they had more albums than Cheap Trick did, but, you know, That's at weird. that point. So, uh, so yeah, I've been all in on UFO. And the great thing about living in L.A. is I've been able to see bands here that I had never really gotten to see, you know, in, in oh, yeah. Pennsylvania or even when I lived in Chicago and did, uh, I was doing stand up then. So I was never really in town to go to concerts. But like I had never seen the knack until I moved here, and, and then I, I've got I got to see the knack like six or seven times, you know. And I've seen UFO; they come through every other year. It's it's great, and I always go. So um, so that's where we're at today, folks. Where uh, PF is wearing his OMD English Electric shirt. I did not wear my UFO shirt. Stupid. Should have picture. Great. Uh, but we're gonna do UFOMD. But I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna let PF Wilson and PF Dotson. P.F.'s going to go first. The other Pf.
2: All right. So we start with uh, the first album, and just a real brief history. And I will put a little asterisk on this because I'm going to post this probably in the OMD Facebook page. So if you're going to put corrections in the comments section, understand that I know the story pretty well. There may be a few uh, and there are actually some conflicting things in the story that uh, as we go along. But anyway, for the most part, uh, Paul Humphreys, Andy McCluskey, they're a year apart, uh, growing up in Liverpool. Uh, They both have an interest in music. They're both playing in uh, local bands. They independently develop an interest in electronic music from Germany, most notably Kraftwerk, new Mm -hmm. bands like that. And uh, Andy gets wind of the fact that Paul's got this great stereo system. So he says, I I should come over and we can listen to some Kraftwerk records. And they said, yeah. So they discover this interest in electronic music. They both end up in a band together called Hitler's Underpants, which is not an electronic band. It's just a regular (laughs) band. They form another band uh, with some friends of theirs called the Id and uh, during that time, I believe, they decide, hey, we should just go to Eric's, which is the famous club in uh, Britain, which is Kitty Corner from the Caverns right there on Matthew Street, and we should just go up and do a show just all electronic, just me and you. They try to get Malcolm Holmes, the drummer from the id, to join them. He says, you guys are crazy. No. So whether they can't play, they put on a big tape recorder, and uh, they end up opening for Joy Division. And just to, they just... As they put it, it was just a dare to ourselves to see if we could do it. And they picked the craziest name they could think of, which is "Orchestra Maneuvers in the Dark, which is a song Andy wrote when he was 16, which basically is just uh, war noises from the telly. And um, they went with that name, and uh, it went pretty well. And one of the songs they play eventually becomes their first single, and uh, that song is Electricity, and this is the uh, album version. There's a couple versions floating around in there, but this is the album version.
0: Now, PF, when you, uh, when you think we've heard enough... I'll just, flip you off. Just uh, give, me a, give, me, <laughs> give me the finger, so All right, to speak. right. Here's Electricity. Two songs from each album? Is that what N- we were doing?
2: No, because some I only have one. Okay. So I just I put them in bold on that sheet I sent you. Okay. And then I have the ones that aren't bold, uh, maybe I'll throw in instead or we'll save for a play out song or so.
0: I got them all here. Okay. Yep. All right. Cool. Cool song. Yeah. Sounded good in the headphones. It does.
2: And it's inspired by Kraftwerk's Radioactivity. Yeah, it's just a, as they were described it, it's a speeded up, punkier version of Radioactivity to which Kraftwerk told them, yes, Vino. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, UFO. Their first two albums, one came out in 1970. It's called UFO One. One came out in 1971. It's called UFO Two, Colon, Flying. Those albums I didn't even listen to until, I, I don't know, in, within the past 10 or 11 years. Because for me, uh, the first album that was a, a proper UFO album, not that there's other two aren't, but it's an album called Phenomenon, and that was the one that was released in... Uh, first in America oh, okay. on Chrysalis Records. And the lineup for this is it's almost the classic lineup. It's Phil Mogg, Michael Schenker, Pete Way and Andy Parker. And we're just we're missing we're missing Paul Chapman from the classic lineup and he'll he'll be here soon. Okay. And uh, this uh, it's got 10 songs. Two of the songs are still uh, played in the live set to this day, Doctor Doctor and Rock Bottom. But I'm going to play the song that opens the album Called, uh, no, it doesn't open the album. Uh, no, it opens side two. This is called Oh My. Well, I'm stood up and down,
1: trying to-
0: heard a little uh, a little flourishing from uh, guitar genius uh, Michael Shanker on that song that's Phil Mogg on lead vocals and uh that's uh, that's oh my
2: nice very it's kind of a little bluesy
0: little bluesy yeah, yeah. little bluesy and um little, little it's, zip kind of
2: tiny hint of zeppelin in there in the vocal
0: little tiny bit yeah. tiny bit um little little um little bob plant in there. <laughs> Bob Plant, uh, sure. So uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's everyone's introduction to the uh, first, in my opinion, proper UFO album. All right, moving on.
2: So electricity comes out, does okay regionally up in Liverpool, up in the north of England. <clears throat> They're tour a lot in support of uh, Joy Division. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, Tony Wilson is the head of Factory Records. That's Joy Division's label. And uh, he tells Paul and Andy, "He goes, you know, you guys are really good. I, you guys, I can see you guys being a g- good, you know, hit singles band." And Paul and Andy are mortified. Pop hit singles. <laughs> we're we're German influenced, experimental. They, they couldn't see it at all. No, thank you. Years later, they realized they were actually writing pop songs, but at the time, they were just they were mortified. And uh, Tony Wilson's wife Carol is starting her own label called Din Disc. And uh, I, I don't know if OMD is the first group she signs, but she's, it's one of the first. And they, uh, they get a record contract. And Din comes under the uh, auspices of Virgin Records. And they release the, uh, the f- first full album. They take the record advance and uh, build their own studio in Liverpool called the Gramophone Suite. And they record uh, the full album. And the second single they release is "Messages." The album version is different than what uh, com- becomes the single version. They change the single version. They add a backwards cymbal crash, which you'll hear at the beginning of this. And uh, yeah, like this is probably one of my favorite uh, OMD songs. And this opens the live show these days. So this is "Messages."
0: Okay, I want to turn it up a little bit so we hear this uh, crash at the beginning. and omd singles is that a, is that an album i can buy
2: oh yeah I, I would a good starting point for people i've tried to get my wife's cousin into them for years because her favorite 80s song is if you leave and i said get the best of omd it's only going to cover up to the like the now it's the first half of their career yes. but it's a it's a very very good best of. if you can try to buy the british version the american version for some weird reason they couldn't get the rights to two of the songs from the epic years and they so they're left off and instead you get remixes from the other albums of some gotcha. other album, which, which are fine but you properly want to have the British one, and you might be able to buy that now easily.
0: If a person's only familiar with If You Leave, will they be disappointed at what their ears are going to hear?
2: I don't think so, because people I've turned on to OMD went out and bought the best of OMD, like in college and stuff, mm-hmm. and they loved it. Okay, so, cool. And the middle of the pack sounds a lot like If You Leave, like Crush, Junk Culture, Pacific Age tunes. When we get to that, it's you know, it, it's, it'll be pretty friendly to their ears if they like If You Leave.
0: I would say that both of these bands are not household names.
2: No, exactly.
0: Um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame might not be calling either one of these bands.
2: Ever. And that's a shame.
0: Yeah, Because I a lot agree. of bands that
2: get in there, because you guys had this debate on the show all the time, it's like, well, who's left to get in, into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Well, there's tons of people from the yeah. past still, and there's yeah. still people like Weezer that are, are going to get in. Yeah. I think they will. Killers will probably get in eventually.
0: Yeah, it just, it just seems so weird to me that the Killers would get in over... Uh, UFO or OMD. Yeah, exactly. I mean,
2: two bands. They both probably listen. To. If you ask Brandon flowers, I'm sure he listens to both of these bands.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. When you listen to so many of these bands that uh, from the hard rock and heavy metal, um, like if you ask Def Leppard who just got in, who were their influence, UFO yeah. would probably be one at the top of the list. Exactly. So it's, uh, but you know, what bugs me is how come when a band like Def Leppard goes out on tour for the summer and they bring poison or they bring, bring Wow. Well, why don't they throw a band that they love, like UFO, a bone and, yeah. and bring them along to play? Well, Bare and some- Ladies
2: did that with OMD last year. Nice. They're huge OMD fans,
0: and they brought them out as their support group.
2: Yeah, they were the Howard Jones was the uh, opener. And wow, set a lovely table. Uh, didn't do any of his slow songs. Did all the fast songs. Came out in the crowd and sang. Howard cool. Jones is fantastic. Uh, what a great sport! He doesn't. He, he'll headline. He'll open. He doesn't care. He'll come he out. He wants go- to play. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. No ego. And then OMD got like forty-five minutes to play mm-hmm. as the middle. And um, the one fellow from Bare Naked Ladies came out and played the uh, played the accordion during um, Joan of Arc from OMD because he's such a huge fan.
0: Cool. Yeah, and I
2: did not. I don't care for Bare Naked Ladies, so I didn't stick around.
0: <laughs> now I saw Bare Naked Ladies. I had free tickets uh, to see Alanis Morissette at the Greek Theater, and Bare Naked Ladies opened, and. Um, i walking in. I would have said I don't I don't even know if I know any bare naked lady songs But then as the show went on. Oh, yeah, I know a ton of these songs. Yeah, and they were really they were really fun They yeah. were a really fun band. I'm not and, mad at them, right? You just it's not your no, cup just, of tea
2: Yes, yeah, that's it's just and uh, the bands around them are my cup of tea But yeah. I just and they're they're from Canada, which is a big plus oh,
0: That was a perfect show yeah. for you. Then you got home early you beat I, the traffic. I did
2: I did I dragged Lizzie do it and she hated it
0: <laughs> hated every second hated
2: Howard it. Jones hates omd <laughs> She loves the Beach Boys. She hates OMD. No wait,
0: Lizzie's your wife.
2: Lizzie's my daughter. Your daughter. My youngest daughter.
0: Okay, g- give me some names. Youngest daughters. Lizzie.
2: Lizzie goes by Liza now. Okay, middle She's name. Up. Uh, Liza Louise.
0: Liza Louise, and then the no, I meant the middle, the mid- then middle, the next name.
2: Oh, no, Hannah is the oldest. Hannah
0: is the oldest, and your wife is Patty. Patty. Does Patty like to go to the shows?
2: We like to go to shows. She hates OMD. <laughs> loves the Beach Boys. hates OMD.
0: Well, here's another thing. My wife, Pilar, hates UFO.
2: You, yeah, I know. They're not very good, are they?
0: They're not very good at it. <laughs> what are you talking about?
2: Get out of... That, that, and Pilar's being kind. If you ask Patty about OMD, maybe when they pick me up, I'll, you can get her opinion.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> she just holds her nose, gives me oh, a thumbs man, down. Oh, man, she hates it. All right, the second, uh, the second proper... I, look, people, I know it's the fourth album. I'm calling it the second album. Bear with me. Uh, Force It has a very rapey album cover. Because the, t- the title is called Force It. And it's like, it's too... It's weird. It's uh, a company called Hypnosis did a lot of their covers, and um, it's she, like she
2: should be forced to smell the glove.
0: <laughs> it's very and not over and over. Yeah, it's uh, it's very. It's not spinal tapish, but it's it's just it's kind of a rapey album cover, not really. In Wait, the what's album. the name of the co- what's the what else? The, al- the album's called Force It. All right, let me check this. Look out. it up. Yeah, you look it up. UFO Force It. Okay. It's a guy. You see the, the guy's point. bare butt in the shower. He's um, he's uh.
2: Whoa, dude. <laughs>
0: But I mean if it wasn't called Force it, Force it makes me sound like it's against her will. Maybe they meant faucet because of Oh, that's funny. That's really funny. Now, look, if you see this album cover, it's got faucets all over the place. That is so funny. Why why didn't I ever th- I'm supposed to be a funny person and you came up with that. You're funny.
2: I am a comedy writer too. Yeah, so allegedly. there you go.
0: Perfect. One of my many jobs. So, yeah, I'm just not down with this album cover, but uh I think this is their first classic album. This has some great Songs on it, let it roll, shoot, shoot, still in the set list. Out in the street pops in the set list from time to time. Mother Mary, This Kids. I mean, this is this is a really, really strong album. Again, it's it's Mog, Shanker, Way, and Parker. They have not added a, an official keyboardist to the band yet. I'm gonna go with, uh, uh, like I said, a song that still makes it into the uh, the set list. This is Shoot, Shoot. Was a baby. The band members of OMD? I have. And are they uh, are they good to the fans? Are they easily accessible?
2: Uh, pretty much. I mean, I did it as a journalist, so, um, you know, it's I kind of had a leg up on, on meeting them. Um, I've interviewed Andy multiple times. I've interviewed mm-hmm. Paul twice. I've interviewed them in person. I don't think I can interview Andy in person, but I did meet him by accident mm-hmm. in Chicago when I went to see them in 2012 or 11. Um, I was going to interview Paul at the hotel, and I get to the elevator, and Andy walks up behind me,
1: Yay.
0: so I
2: got to say hi to Andy, and then I went up and interviewed uh, Paul, and so, yeah.
0: Now, when you interview as, like, a real journalist, like, mm-hmm. you're, like, when I, have, when I have a guest on here, I, there's no bones about it. I'm a super fan of mm-hmm. yours, and I'm gonna maybe fan out a little bit, but I'm also gonna keep it professional, but I feel like you really, you can't really fan out too much, right? You got Not be, too much, but you know, they, know.
2: they know. They know. Yeah, yeah.
0: Just because the questions you're asking, they know, oh, this guy knows his stuff. Exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. in America.
0: And then at the end, maybe you fan out a little, little bit. A little bit, yeah. Can you cross that line of getting an autograph at that point?
2: Um, you know what? It's weird. Um, I actually ended up becoming friends with a guy who was also there to interview them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went. We got invited to the pre-show. It was only for fans. So we got to watch the sound check and everything. And he brought a ton of stuff to sign. You're only allowed to get one thing. He had a whole stack of stuff. And he wasn't even a big OMD fan. He, was, he liked them. So okay. he just, and liked getting autographs like you. And so but got I would stuff never signed. bring a stack of stuff. No, I didn't, I didn't bring anything for them to sign. I should have brought my, my Crush hmm. CD, but yeah. so I didn't, uh, I didn't bring anything to sign.
0: All right. So,
2: I'm probably, I mean, I probably, I wouldn't have felt uncomfortable yeah. doing that, but it just didn't occur to me.
0: Yeah, when a guest comes... And com- I've had
2: that with other bands. I've had them sign stuff.
0: Yeah, I love it. I mean, when a guest comes here, uh, the table's lined up with stuff, and I say, this stuff is all giveaways to the listeners, and then I'll say, and this one's mine. Yeah. So <laughs> feel free to personalize it and write all good stuff on it. So... uh so, yeah, and I've met UFO uh, many times. So nice. So, like, just, I've never paid for a meet and greet experience with any band.
2: No, my daughters have. So that's the way they do it, and that's the only way you can do it. Yeah. You can't even be a journalist and say, I'd like to talk to this band, because this is like, it'll be a phoner, or... If
0: you, you mean if you wait outside the venue, but maybe the, the artists We've your daughter's tried, like are, yeah. are, are big, and they're not coming they're out of They're not
2: the venue. big, it's just that I think they've got this thing figured out now. It's just yeah. all, it's all different now.
0: See, people say, how did you, how did you get that autograph, or how did you get this autograph, and I say, you have to wait. 30 years and 90 minutes. <laughs> yes, yes, I remember that now, quote, yes. now they're willing to come yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, of- but yeah, UFO, they come out and they sign. I remember uh, when we get, the, their guitarist uh, for the past, I don't know, 15, 16 years now is a guy named Vinnie Moore. And I had never gotten his signature. So uh, the one of the last times I saw UFO, this singer was out, Phil Mog was out, and he was uh, he was signing. And he just looked at me and said, is there anyone else you'd like to meet? And I said, well, I've, I've never met Vinny, and, and I'd love to have get Vinny's autograph. And he looked at me, and he goes, ah, Vinny. And he just walked <laughs> in the door, and he said, Vinny, there are some people outside that want to meet you. And like the guy came right out. It was terrific.
2: My uh, One of my daughter's favorite artists now is, uh, well, he, the band goes by Rat Boy, and the singer goes by Rat Boy. But his real name is, is Jordan. And uh, we drove her up to Indianapolis to see them open for... And folks in the Los Angeles area probably know a band called the Interrupters. They're a ska band. I don't know how they slipped under my radar because I like ska. Yeah. Never heard of them. Uh, but they, oh, apparently they became friendly with uh, the rap boy while they were in London because they both like ska and things like that. So anyway, um, they're the support act of the opener opener for this Interrupter show. We drive her up to Indianapolis to see them. And uh, we, she sees the show and then she yells to the band, are you guys going to be outside? And the one guitarist says, after the show. And she goes, you mean after your set or after the whole? And he goes, after the whole show. We're like, oh, geez, we got to get back to yeah. Cincinnati. And so we go outside. We don't want to stay for the interrupters because it's starting to get crowded and it's a really small club that they're in. And so we're out there and I see them having a cigarette outside. And we're walking to go get ice cream to kill some time. And I just walk over and goes, I think the rest of the band's going to come out. And he goes, oh, yeah, hold on so the road manager comes out and they're all that. And then the, so is Jordan going to come out? And he goes, he goes, she tries calling him. I'll just go get him. Goes down, so she great. met him, got pictures with him. Yeah, she was so excited. So great.
0: I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I've been many, many times, I've been the last person waiting. Mm-hmm. As a grown man, <laughs> yeah. I've been the last person waiting. <laughs> and I try to look uh, halfway presentable so they don't think that you're yeah. a crazy person. Right. Because I, I would think people were crazy sometimes. Yep. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, you can, you can, you can have a meeting when you're the last person. It's, yep. it's incredible. Patience. Like, it's funny too. Then know you have no one to share that experience with you, but yourself, like mm-hmm. you can tell people about it, yeah. but you know, Mike Siegel, who's waited with me many times, but bails many times too, has missed out meeting so many people. <laughs> like he'll be like, how'd you do? I'm like, yeah, I got, I met Jackson Brown. Oh, uh, how'd you do? Yeah. I met Art Garfunkel. Oh, you know, it's just like, dude. Stick around, man. but uh, I get it. I get it. Uh, okay, it's your so, turn actually. So, We've been yeah. talking.
2: But. So, we come up to uh, the second album, Organization, and uh, they enlist Paul and Andy, enlist the help of uh, Malcolm Holmes, becomes their uh, de facto drummer, even though the band is still pretty much just Paul and Andy. And they are rotationally helped by uh, Martin Cooper and David Hughes at this point, adding some keyboard. Martin plays uh, some saxophone and stuff. And uh, they release Organization, they only release one single from Organization, but it is um, probably their most widely known song in England. When I tell British people I like OMD, they say, oh, an old gay and all that. And so even though it didn't, um, Messages got to 13, an old gay gets to number eight. It gives them their first top 10 uh, single. And like, like I said, if you know anybody from Europe or outside North America, mm-hmm. this is the song they know. And this is probably one of, the, this is probably my favorite song ever. So here's an old wow. gay. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, Yeah, you just watched Urga Music War, didn't you? Did not I see uh, that on your? Facebook? No, no.
0: I uh, uh, we did an all vinyl episode, and someone had the soundtrack on vinyl. Ah, uh, okay. Like well, if
2: you watch Urga, that's the song they uh, do. We've with...
0: watched it though. We watched it here with uh, a bunch of Rock solo listeners. once. Oh, okay, A couple well, years ago.
2: They, that's old Gay is in Urga Music War.
0: It was. Uh, I've only seen it once, so I don't have uh, I don't have every performance embedded in my brain. Yeah. You've probably seen it a million times. That part, yeah. Like April <laughs> Richardson said, "Oh yeah, I will watch it once a week." I'm like, "You don't watch it once a week." She goes, "No, I really do." I'm like, "Okay."
2: <laughs> well, you can throw that on and walk around the house. That's and true. Yeah, yeah, and I
0: I think that's what she would do. Yep. Uh, Moving on to, I'll use the correct, it's the fifth UFO album. All right, It's the third one to use Leo Lyons as the producer. And Leo Lyons, he was the uh, bass player for a band called 10 Years After. And I guess he did some production work. I think he did a great job on these three albums. And uh, for the next album, they'll move on to a a bigger heavyweight producer. But uh, this album is called No Heavy Petting. Very uh, wild album cover, again, done by Hypnosis. Uh, it's got like a, a woman with her head shaved or cropped very close and it's got a monkey on her shoulder and then there's like tubes coming from the monkey going into her neck. It's um, it's a cool album cover. I, I enjoy this much better we, than Force It.
2: We really need Kyle here to comment on these.
0: Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> you know what? Maybe uh, I'm going to see Kyle uh, next week back in Pennsylvania. Maybe I'll load up these UFO <laughs> covers and have him do a video of these.
2: Oh, nice. I'm going to do that. A little Patreon extra.
0: Yeah, I love when when he um, goes through the artwork. But um, so yeah, the fifth album, uh, again, the big songs were Natural Thing and um, On With The Action. And I'm going to play one that still makes it into the set list from time to time. It is called I'm a Loser.
1: Trying to make the evening move so fast Not in real trouble but I can't go back home They lock the doors and I'm left
2: Was that kind of indicative of the sound changing at that point? I like that a lot. That's uh, that that guitar and piano together. Yes, yeah, nice.
0: they added a keyboard player for ah, uh, for this album. That's his why name, I like it. <laughs> his name is uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Danny Peyronel on keyboards. He only lasts this one album, but they, oh. they keep a keyboard player. Okay, but it's still Phil Mong on vocals, Michael Shanker on guitar, Pete Way on bass, and Andy Parker on drums. And with the next album, they're gonna add uh, they're gonna add Paul Chapman. And then, um, not Paul Chapman. I'm so sorry, Paul. Um, oh, I can't even remember his name. Hold on. I'm going to take because now I'm going to edit this out. Because I no, you're not. I, I'm <laughs> you always say that, and you never do. I know, but I will edit. <laughs> I'll edit a mistake out because there's two Pauls in the band. Eventually, so okay, just, all right. But this this guy just passed, so I oh, want to okay. get it right. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So right. with the next album, they will add Paul Raymond. And then that'll be the classic UFO lineup for, uh, for a few albums. But uh, yeah, this, al- this album's really good too. These, uh, all these Michael Shanker, the first five albums with Michael Shanker are, uh, are all great. So, um, all
2: right, let's move on. OMD. So we're up to the album people would probably, I would say, agree is the best album. It's called Architecture and Morality. And uh, I believe I sent you a copy of this at Digitally Yes you a did. long time ago. And
0: you've got three tracks that we want to feature here, which yep, is Yeah, but we're going to
2: do two. All right. We may come back to the third one. All right. Um, because uh, yeah, I was going to try to stick to my twenty here. But anyway, so uh, they only released the one single from Organization, and and I like Organization. It's not a Tate out of Tate, <laughs> but because uh, there's some weak spots. Now. There's a okay. uh, they do an old cover of a Warren and Gordon song, "The More I See You," which is fine. Mm-hmm. And some of the other cuts, I'm like, you know, they don't just, they just don't leap out at me. Um, I don't think any of the other tracks could have been singles, but but they're good. "Motion to Heart," I like. Um, "The Misunderstanding," I like. Um, but Architecture and Morality uh, really is the, is the big home run for them at this point. And uh, a song called Souvenir. Uh, at this point, Paul and Andy are writing songs together and separately, An gay Andy wrote by himself because he was working at Paul's mom's house where they had their studio, but Paul was off working at a swimming pool so they could stay on the dole. So while uh, Paul was out, Andy wrote an Um Paul ends up writing Souvenir with uh, Martin Cooper, who eventually will be in the classic lineup, And uh, although, it's David Hughes, the other occasional keyboard player, who uh, you're going to hear these kind of choral strings in the background, and David Hughes had gotten these from the Liverpool Symphony or someplace, and he wanted to copy them, and Paul said, I've got the equipment to do that, can I just have these two to use on our records? And David's like, yeah, sure, fine. And with those, uh, Martin and Paul end up writing Souvenir, which becomes their highest charting single for many, many years uh, in the UK. They hear Souvenir, sung by Paul, by the way. I'm Andy usually sings, uh, but Paul sings on that one. His voice is so quiet. They had to double the vocal track on that.
0: It is very quiet vocal. Yeah. So why do you, why do you think he got to sing this one? Cause he wrote it. Did he write other songs that he didn't sing?
2: No. Usually Andy writes the lyrics and okay. then he will sing those. There's a couple songs coming up where, uh, Paul has written most of the song or he's written the lyric and then, so he will sing it. So there's, um, he sings on, uh, quite a few of the singles, um, I would say one. He sings at least one or two songs per album and those are ones where he's actually written the lyrics. Gotcha. Instead of uh, Andy.
0: I'm not going to give a number to the albums anymore. I'm going to just say the next album was or is. Yeah. So the next album for UFO is called Lights Out and uh, this is this is this is my favorite UFO album, I think. Oh cool. Or second favorite. My favorite of the uh, of the Michael Schenker years is uh, is this album. And this is the classic lineup Phil Mogg, Michael Schenker, Pete Way, Andy Parker, and then they add Paul Raymond on rhythm guitar and keyboards. Paul just passed this year, a few months ago. So rock and Peace, Paul Raymond, uh, on the, and they're on their final tour. They're like on a goodbye tour. Oh. And um, so they got the guy, the guy who eventually replaces Paul Raymond is a guy named Neil Carter, and so he, he, they brought him in to finish out the tour, which is kind of cool. I like that a lot. But uh, Lights Out, this is produced by Ron Nevison. Ron Nevison was just interviewed on John Lamarose's The Hustle podcast. It was an excellent episode. Uh, Ron talked about so many cool things and working with so many great people. So seek that out, the Hustle podcast episode with Ron Nevison. And uh, what did Ron Nevison say about UFO? He liked working with him. He said Phil was slow getting the lyrics done, hmm. the singer. Like it would be like the ninth hour. And they wouldn't have lyrics yet. And it's then tough would, sometimes. Then he'd go out, off, and write them, and and, and it would be fine. <laughs> so uh, the title track was big uh, FM radio song, "Lights Out." But I'm going to play the other song that was big. I'm going to play two songs actually on this. Are we going to go back to your album? No, let's sh-
2: let's do these two. I should have this?
0: let you. I should have let you play finish play your two from that album. No, that's I fine. Jump. We'll just go back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. This is too hot to handle.
2: That's a proper '70s sounding that's rock a and roll. Proper
0: '70s sounding rock and you are exactly yeah. right. Uh, what year is that? That's 1977. Oh yeah. I haven't talked about any uh, charting or anything because really, there's it doesn't exist. There's no big hit single, even in the UK. Uh, I can look, look. I can look. <laughs> I can check it out. P.S. Because OMD
2: does, and, and it becomes important in our story later too.
0: I'm gonna look. Hang tight. Hold on. Let me scroll down here. Wikipedia is my friend right now.
2: That's can, what I got up for. Clicking, on I can sing. never remember the exact chart position, so I have to like keep referring back. I know okay. generally where everything landed, but
0: all right, two, here we go. Too hot to handle. The song I just played in the UK only went to number fifty. Whoa. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah. Like I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing. I mean, it's all like, you know, number 94, number 70, number Man, 62, nope. number 36, number Oh, and The
2: Rolling Stones compared to Yeah, I mean, <laughs> on it, the chart.
0: In the U in the US, Too Hot to Handle went to number 106. Oh my gosh. And then nothing out. No no charting. Wow. I don't even know if this band has well, I mean, they have a they have a live album that was like that was it's considered one of the best live albums of all time. Strangers in the Night. But it doesn't, they don't have like any platinum status listed here for the States. It just says it went silver in the UK. So yeah, that that's where we're at. You know what I mean? Yeah. As far as charting and, and all that stuff's concerned, it's kind of non-existent. All
1: right. Which
0: was also a cool thing. I don't know if you feel this way, but it's also a cool, it's a cool thing when you like a band that no one really knows about. It's also kind of a bummer. Right. Because there's no one to talk to about it. Exactly. Like, I, I love the Ramones, but growing up, no one I knew did until I got to college, and mm-hmm. then not many people either. So there's no one you can really talk to about, you know. Yeah. and You know, in college, do you guys like UFO? What? Yeah. No, we're listening to Genesis, uh, <laughs> you know, Abacab. Okay, yeah. I like that too. Sure. But you should listen to this. All right, back to so, OMD.
2: So still in Architectural Morality, uh, Souvenir goes to number three. Joan of Arc uh, is the next single, and there's two Joan of Arcs on uh, Architecture Morality. Why and is that? Andy thought it'd be hilarious because there are two different songs. One's about actual Joan of Arc, okay. one is about a woman, it, and it reminds, I guess, Andy of Joan of Arc. It's kind of a. Uh, they don't call metaphor.
0: them one and two. They just call no. it the same
2: thing. They, well, they were they were going to call them the same thing, and Andy said it'd be hilarious to release. They decided to release them both as singles, and uh, he, he thinks it'd be hilarious to release two songs, two different songs called "Joan of Arc" and "Paul." And the their management said, no, you, "You can't do that." So "Joan of Arc" goes to number five, and then g- going up to number four is the other "Joan of Arc." We're going to play. It's called "The Waltz of the Maid of Orleans," and uh, here's a little blast of that. All right. So that is the other Joan of Arc. That is not the Waltz of the Maid of Orleans. I, put, I was oscillating back and forth which one to play. I guess I chose Joan of Arc instead. Um, I bet all the OMD fans were running to their uh, electronic devices going, that's not the Waltz of the... But anyway, so yeah, there's, there's two different ones. The other one starts with a minute of noise. They took that on Top of the Pops. And they were... This, this, how cocky they were. They were like, we took a song on Top of the Pops that was in Waltz time the first minute of which is noise. And it went to number five. That's insane. Or four. Oh, the Waltz of the Maid of Orleans goes, goes to four. So anyway, architectural reality morality is massive. It sells millions of copies everywhere except North America, yeah, and again, that becomes important later in the story but uh, yeah,
0: well, again, currently UFO very jealous.
2: yes, oh, and um, this is where you get the, the classic lineup. Martin Cooper is on this album, even though David Hughes provided those choral tapes for Souvenir. Martin is now in the band, Malcolm is still drumming, so they are by this this is the classic lineup, even though they're not officially the classic lineup yeah. until the next album, but
0: all right, I'm staying on light, the Lights Out album with the UFO classic lineup. There's a song that also still has stayed in the set list. It's uh, Love to Love.
1: Oh, there's been too many times and I can't go back night that guitars, run down motels like shags What amounts up to, I don't want it at all I'll stew and-
2: I like The strings in that,
0: yeah, that's uh, that's kind of lush.
2: It is, <laughs>
0: uh, that could have been an architecture and morality, <laughs> and they would have had a hit then, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Kerrang magazine lists UFOs Lights Out at number 28 among the 100 greatest heavy metal albums of all time. I really don't consider this a heavy metal album. I mean, that song, no, and one of the tracks in this album, do you know the band Love?
2: I've heard of, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: They do a cover of Alone Again. Right, right, that's out yeah. So so, uh, for me, this isn't really a heavy metal album, but thank you, Kerrang. Uh, Also, Steve Harris, the primary songwriter, founder, leader, and bassist of the British heavy metal band Iron Maiden calls the song we just heard, Love to Love is his favorite song.
2: That's a really good tune. Yeah. It like is that is a great
0: tune. Thank you. Yeah. I, didn't, I had nothing to do with it. But, right. thank, but, uh, but thank you. I'll I, accept that. Yeah.
2: Well, so I was looking forward to doing this. I wanted to discover uh, <laughs> something about a band I didn't really know. Um, so, uh, Architectural Morality is massive for OMD. <clears throat> they um, are a very popular band in Britain and throughout Europe uh, and Australia, even. And uh, so, as Andy puts it, we figured we could do whatever the hell we wanted and people would just love mm-hmm. us. So, they uh, come up with an album called Dazzle Ships. Mostly Andy's doing. He's the driving force behind this. It's a lot of noise experiments. And there are songs on here. But people do not respond to it at all. Uh, it sells very poorly. I think the, the, certainly the casual OMD fans run for the exits. And what about you? This one? Well, since I went backwards and listened to the albums, I kind of had a different perspective. This contains one of my favorite songs of OMDs. This, this could even rival Nolan Gay for my favorite OMD song. Uh, it's called Telegraph. It only goes to number 50, I think. Uh, and it's That's the first as single... high as
0: UFO could get. Right,
2: exactly. So UFO would have been very happy with this. 42, <laughs> uh, Telegraph gets to 40. Oh, Genetic Engineering comes out first, and then they release Telegraph. Uh, but yeah, people do not respond. But I'm going to give you a little blast of Telegraph here, because I love, love, love this song. So here we go. Here we go.
0: Quick comment from me. Yes. Uh, Now look, I'm a, I'm a OMD novice. Yes. And, uh, that's, uh, that's one of the best things you've played in my, to my ears. That's one of the best Uh, things you've played today. I love that that
2: song. I know. Right
0: now. Is there, is the rest of the album similar to that?
2: No. So this is, is
0: far and away a standout s- away from the other sort tracks.
2: of yeah the um like I said there's a there's twelve tracks on it they're what people basically describe as kind of noise experiments and things like that but there's actually actually seven proper tunes on here mm-hmm. so this is the thing when people look back at this album they go like, oh that killed their career and that really hurt them everything yeah the noise experiments did but if they could have just taken the noise experiments off and added like three more songs mm-hmm. which I know they had lying around because later B sides come from this era. Uh, they could have put gravity never fails on and a couple other tunes. And it would have had a nice album. The other actual song songs on here are a little slower, a little more morose. People like genetic engineering, a little more morose, but, um, they're all good tunes. International's great. Um, a couple people have covered of all the things we've made, which is the last song on the album. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a good, but I think telegraph is the probably the, the bounciest poppiest tune on the record.
0: Does, does anything from this album make it into the set list?
2: You know, I asked uh, Andy years ago, I said, do you still do Telegraph? And he goes, you know, it's really hard for me to hit those notes. I think it snuck its way back in, mm-hmm. and they're on the 40th anniversary tour. But this song didn't chart very high, and like I said, he, hes I think he could still sing it. So I don't know if the 40th anniversary set list is going to include strictly singles or what. But I am hoping that uh, I will hear Telegraph. But no, I've, actually never, I've heard Telegraph live once. That was the first time I saw him opening for Thompson mm-hmm. Twins.
0: And uh, UFO is on the 50th anniversary tour. Oh, yeah, I noticed that. And yeah. they're calling it, I think, Final Orders. Yep. Is, or Last Orders. I think it's Last Orders. So, uh, yeah, cool. But your band's not stopping.
2: No. They're, they're also, they're, they, at this point in their career, they figured, you know, we've, uh, and I'll explain later about this, they say you know, we've made our money. The albums are releasing now. Mm-hmm. They know just fans are going to buy them. Yep. They're not think they're going to have. Although the um, last album did go uh, into the top 10 UK album charts for a week or two.
0: What's the duration between albums uh, currently for the band?
2: Right now? Yeah. Let me see. Let me go back up here. Because they took a a big break, which we'll discuss in a while. Uh, And Paul and Andy split up for a while. And anyway, let me see. Punishment Luxury just came out two years ago. English Electric, the shirt I'm wearing, was 2013. So they're taking three, four years between albums.
0: That's like UFO since the year 2000. The albums have gone 2000? and then 2002, 2004, 2006, 2009, 2012, 2015, 2017. So still a recording and touring entity. I mean a lot of bands would say, look, we have enough songs and we can right. just keep yeah, touring. Yeah. But I like that they continue to make music even if it's just for I, who knows 10,000, 20,000, who right, knows exactly. how many albums they're selling. Yep. Who knows. I yep. mean, but um but I appreciate when when the veterans that I like still get out there and make some new music.
2: And that's why I think OMD is still one of my favorite bands is because mm-hmm. they're still making music.
0: Yeah. When you're just, uh, when you're just touring on the catalog, I mean, I, I, I understand that too. You're a rock star. So why stop being a rock star just because sure. you're not making new music. If you can, if you can go out there and still fill whatever size hall and people still love it, why not? Yeah. But I do, and I do appreciate the new music. Okay. We're moving on to the next album obsession again, classic lineup, and uh, Ron Nevison back as producer. This is the first album where they have they finally have a logo. They have the classic UFO. You, oh boy, easy Pat. They have the classic <laughs> UFO logo. Yes, that they continue to to use to this day, and I love it. I just think it's such a great the one I recognize logo. from my high school cafeteria yes, with the little jiggle the in the letters. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the one the yep. burnout uh, knew how to, <laughs> to draw on his uh, book cover. <laughs> Um, also I want to say they're on their last tour, but Phil Mogg, the lead singer, he's been there for every single album. He's like the linchpin okay. for every single, he's never left, no matter what the lineup is it's always Phil Mog on vocals. He has said, if the lads want to continue, I'm, they can, they can get a singer and they can continue if they oh. want. I'm totally fine with that. But for him... He's done. Oh, okay. He's just, okay. And, and again, I want to see, I want to just see how old Phil Mog is. Cause it's gotta be, it's gotta be 70, right? 71 years old, turned 71 in April. So yeah, he's, um, it's done. This guy stayed very physically fit too the whole time. I don't know what drugs and drinking that they've done. I know they have, but he's all, he looks like a guy that might be a runner. Cause he's very, always very thin and trim. And, uh, Stay in shape man I just added that I just added that For the hell of it Hmm. All right, here we go The album's obsession This is a lot of people Might say this is Their favorite UFO album I like it very much I like the one Previously better Lights out But this was This is an FM staple At the time This is only You can rock me Leave that little bridge in there because um otherwise I could understand if someone goes, That's just kind of like, you know, rock and roll, night party every day type of song. You know, because whenever a band sings a song with the word rock in the title, yeah, yeah. it can sometimes <laughs> be, you know off putting a little off putting, a, a little cheesy, but I, I do like I do like that song a lot and I do like the the bridge, so I wanted to leave that in there. So uh You're up, what's right. next?
2: So Dazzle Shipt does very poorly, of course. It's at a time in the chart. Tra- There's a lot of competition in 1983 mm-hmm. to be in the charts in, in the UK. For MTV sure. is making bands, and popular in the US, beer. right? Also in '83 because of wow. MTV. Yeah. So um, the band is uh, almost broke at this point. Weirdly, again, I'll explain wow. how that happens later. Yeah, this it's a weird story. Um, well, not too weird. People won't be surprised actually when they, when, the, when the big reveal comes. But they decide to Did take. Did
0: they sign a bad publishing deal? No. <laughs>
2: actually. They right. did not. keep going. Um, but they, uh, so their the bank account is low. They decided to buy a Fairlight CMI uh, which stands for Computer Musical Instrument. Keyboard. I've heard of that before. Yes.
0: I've seen that credited on many albums. In they, the sell,
2: they sell the gramophone suite in Liverpool and repair to Montserrat and the Air Studios where Ghost in the Machine was recorded. And by the way, the Police episode you did, Yes, I thought for years Synchronicity is my favorite Police album. And then uh, I went back and listened to Ghost in the Machine after you guys did that. Turns out that's my favorite Police album. It's a great I album. love that album because there's some spots on Synchronicity. I'm like, eh. I'm not a big Every Breath You Take guy. First of all, yeah. And of course, Mother. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. And but the I've other come t- around on Mother a little bit. I've yeah. pl- I've played it. So I love Misurdenko. People. Oh, I love Misurdenko. Right? Yes.
2: So anyway, but anyway, but I'd never skip any tracks on Ghost in the
0: Machine. Yeah. So, Ghost in anyway. the Machine is strong, and that's the. Uh, That's the first time I saw the police was on the Ghost in the Machine tour. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's just that's such a strong album. Yeah, Uh, police are they're great, man.
2: So Air Studios they record Junk Culture, and uh, the first single. Let me see what's the first single from it is. Is Tesla Girls and Tesla Girls doesn't perform as well as. No, I'm sorry, Locomotion is the first one actually. Oh, and the Talking Loud and Clear was after that, which we'll hear in a a minute. But Tesla Girls is the one that still makes it into the set list no matter what, because it's a favorite of Andy's. And he always introduces it by saying, this wasn't a hit, but should have been. And so here's (laughs) Tesla Girls. Turns out that song is is kind of uh, dicky in a way. <laughs> the song is about um, people, who, particularly attractive women, who use technology and don't know. Much about how it works Which when you think In retros Nowadays you're like Oh my god What the <laughs> hell's wrong With you guys I don't think they write A song like that now But back then It was, it was 1984 It was cute Pretty girl to know to use electronics yeah, yeah, yeah. Christine They're 16. not smart. They should really position That now as to say Oh no no It's about girls Who like science And change a few words here yeah. you're, you're good to go Yeah
0: and, uh, There's the, uh, I'm gonna do An upcoming episode With the uh, With uh, my friends Who host the Ramones of the Day podcast And um we're going to do uh, songs that have not aged well lyrically. Oh, there you go. There you go. And there's a lot of them. Yep. Mostly Rolling Stone songs. <laughs> I bet. them. <I'll> um, <laughs> uh, okay, uh, back to UFO and uh, the classic lineup, uh, the album's obsession. And this is a song called Looking Out for Number One.
1: Just to keep with a crazy dream. Once it all before a 17. Don't know where to begin but The wild thought he ignores the facts Whoa! family
2: wanted to pick
0: oh cool I like to play some of these uh slower ones that have some strings in there yeah those are cool just so just to give you a little a little texture of UFO so people aren't just lumping them in with you know just a hard rock heavy metal band and uh I very much like uh Phil Mogg's voice a lot it's um I I you know it's not it's he doesn't he doesn't hit high notes and he doesn't do theatrics. He's just, he's just a really strong, very straightforward, straightforward rock and roll singer. I I really do. uh, I really like him very, very much. Also, I didn't comment that last, uh, that last OMD song, Tesla Girls, until you told me about the, uh, the horrible lyrics. Uh, I was (laughs) was really enjoying that one too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good tune. I I like that that a lot. Yeah. Very nice. Um,
2: Another track from that album, which is a fan favorite, it went to a number 11 and was actually released before uh, Tesla Girls. Is uh, talking loud and clear, and um, this is—I uh, would say this is—whenever we in the Facebook group, if people say, "Oh, what's your favorite OMD songs?" Tech, talking loud and clear always seems to make it into people's top fives. So here we go. Cool. By Martin Cooper Uh, All songs written by Paul and Andy Are credited as OMD This is OMD plus Martin Cooper And then later they decide to just Include everybody in the band in writing credits But yeah, that's co-written by Martin Cooper And that's uh, still a big fan favorite to this day
0: So they do like a collective Like all songs written by OMD Now they do, yeah Mm Mm-hmm that's nice. Share yeah, it around. Exactly. I think that's one of the things that broke up Van Halen or made Van Halen go sour. I think. Yeah, um, and you had um,
2: uh, L.A. Easton from the Cars on, and he was saying, um, you know, oh, yes. well, I don't know how that works. And then Siegel was in. Uh, I think it was Siegel was bitching that uh, Mike Love gets a writing credit because he he said good night and at the end wouldn't it be nice? You do get a stronger credit. I'm like, yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> what are
0: you nuts? But it's um, sorry, Mike. <laughs> it's it's weird that. Uh, yeah, yeah. when you know, when, uh, let's say Aerosmith, also you know, written yeah. by Tyler and Perry, really they wrote the baseline, they wrote what the drums that's, are doing, yeah, the right? Yeah. I mean, exactly, it, it should be. And some bands, that is the
2: case. The guy's a yeah, control freak and can write and writes everything, but I, yeah, I have a sense that yeah.
0: like Pete Townsend brings in a fully formed demo that yep. you could probably release, mm-hmm. but uh, so yeah, that's. But uh, yeah when Elliot was on he was like saying yeah I don't know how that works <laughs> yeah I'm not sure how that works all I know is I'm not getting that publishing money yep yeah that's a bite in the butt mm-hmm. um junk culture that that could be a that describes right now yeah 2019. that
2: that is, that is at the time too he said that's is, as Andy described that there's certain things that live on as fine art from a certain period of mm-hmm. time and everything else that is left behind is kind of all this kind right. of this junk culture and that's what the album title comes from
0: all right, uh, moving on to UFO. The next album that comes out after five albums, five strong albums, they it's time to release you know a live album. That's what you did in the '70s. There you go. So, "Strangers in the Night" comes out. It's a double live, uh, really big album for them. Again, a lot of people say that this is you know one of the best live albums ever released as far as you know hard rock and heavy metal is concerned. Um, band's having trouble with uh, Michael Shanker. And uh, so they bring calling is not
2: going very well. <laughs> yes, that's right.
0: Oh, I should have that queued up somewhere. Um, so they uh, they bring in Paul Chapman. I think Paul, I think Paul tours with. And look, I'm only ta- I'm only saying what I think I know. Uh, if I'm wrong, let's not have a bunch of emails. There's speculation
1: certainly <laughs> yes. in both of these uh, stories.
0: I'm pretty sure that Paul Chapman tours with them for the nights that Michael doesn't show up or isn't <laughs> present for whatever and. So eventually, after this album, Paul Chapman joins the band and Michael Shanker is out. And so they record an album at Air Studios in Montserrat. Hey, what do you know? With What year is this? Would- this would be 1980. Okay. This is a, I love this album cover. It's uh, No Place to Run. It's just got the band, uh, it's a black and white photo. It's just the band members, like hanging out in in front of like some uh, some gas pumps at a gas station, but it's, it's very cool. Uh, this album is produced by George Martin. Ooh. Have you heard of him? I, I think I'm familiar. Yeah. Uh, the uh, The lineup is now Phil Mogg, Paul Chapman on lead guitar, Paul Raymond, Pete Way, and Andy Parker. This album, I love this album so much. My favorite era of UFO is when Paul Chapman's on guitar. I love these albums so much. But I will say the first nine, uh, the, the first the nine albums I'm playing are all solid. Like I... If someone said, where should I start? I could give you two, but there's none that I would say avoid this one. I think these, these first nine that I'm playing are great. But okay, this is No Place to Run, produced by George Martin, and this song is called Letting Go. That's funny when I, when I know what, uh, I know what George Martin did with the Beatles and, uh, but, and the Bee Gees. I, yeah. Yeah. But I just don't know what he bring. I don't know what he bring to this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Does it sound, I mean, does it sound, sounds a little slicker maybe? Yeah. I don't know, but it doesn't, you know what I'm saying? It sounds a little ahead of its
2: time. Actually. It sounds more like uh, mid eighties. Okay. Rocking. And this is so right. Maybe. This is, this right is at the beginning of the eighties. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. I think that's what it might be. And and it does. It sounds pretty crisp compared to what it, it does might around at the same and
0: time. I guess because uh, Strangers in the Night did so well that that's why they were given some money to go to Montserrat and hear yeah, some more money for George Martin. And Chrysalis was probably hoping that this album would break them wide open, but it doesn't. But
2: so speaking of breaking, uh, for junk culture, um uh, OMD winds up on A&M in this country. They're still on Virgin back in the UK. And a and much more supportive than Epic is. Uh, they know what to do with the band, at least. And uh, for the Crush album, uh, they promote that relentlessly, and it pays off. They get their first uh, Hot 100 US single, goes to 26, So In Love. This is probably the first OMD song I pay attention to a lot. I knew some songs off Junk Culture, but um, this is, uh, and this is actually a lot of people I know in America that are OMD fans, this, is, this was the starting point, this is So In Love. Right, produced by Stephen Hague. Yeah, K Rock probably still plays that on their. Yes, uh, 80s for sure, channels. for That's sure. A, probably a big K Rock hit here in Los Angeles. Um, produced here. by Stephen Hague, he would go on to produce Pet Shop Boys, and uh, yeah, he. Um, He's the first American producer they use, and as Paul describes in the Crush uh, documentary, uh, he kind of brought that American rocky edge, which mm-hmm. which is laughable. <laughs> if you, listen, you know, I sent you the album, and you listened to it one day. The whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. There's only one song that's really rocky; has a lot of guitar yeah, in it. But no, 80. this is a good album. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really good. Is this the biggest selling? Is this the biggest album? Um, for the, in the U.S.? In the U.S., this probably is their best-selling album, okay. I think, at that point. Although pe- probably people here bought Architecture Morality, even though they didn't have any hit singles on it. But yeah, I think Crush does pretty well for them. Uh, Graham and Neil Ware are brought in as extra members of the band to do horns mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and then they join them on tour. So uh, yeah, and this is the classic lineup of uh, Andy, Paul, Martin, and Malcolm, joined by the Ware brothers, who become permanent members in the next album. So,
0: How far will you travel from where you live to go see omd
2: went to chicago mm, that's, how,
0: that's how far from
2: it's a five-hour drive five from hour Cincinnati. Drive. yeah and it was only so uh liza could go to the american girl store because she was still a little kid oh, then we did that so it, was a, it was a trip to chicago basically and i got to see omd so it was did you spend the
0: night in chicago yeah yeah thank mm-hmm. god yeah yeah five hours there at oh no no and no five back no yeah, yeah
2: no no i uh they went to the american girl store and had went to the tea party and i went to see omd you went by yourself yeah and I ran into my friend mark who okay. I'm still friends with on Facebook to this day
0: did you uh did you have a good seat was it uh, general we got mission? to sit
2: in the press uh area which is a uh, uh nice. what's the name of the club i can't remember it's not metro it's um the Vic? no it's uh uh I'll think of it later where it was um I get it confused with the Metro because that's where we just saw sure. wallows where that's where Liza is right now looking at that golf course um oh, what the heck is it called anyway um it's just north of the of downtown kind of. Park West. Park West. Ta-da. Uh, up in the upper level, uh, that's where all the VIP sat. So they, they sat us up there. And um, the opening act, I can't remember the gal's name. She's a European singer. And, but Paul and Andy and the rest of the band end up there with me and Mark. And we're all just chit-chatting. Sorry. Like, hey, my friend Paul and Andy, we're just watching the opening act here. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it was so fun. And, uh, yeah, but that's probably the farthest I would be allowed to drive. I would drive anywhere, but thankfully they're coming to Cincinnati in the fall, they're on tour with B52s. They're jumping off some dates to actually headline places, and one of them that weirdly they're headlining is Cincinnati.
0: So terrific for you! Exactly. Who's opening that show?
2: I don't know. I, I emailed, or I, t- I tweeted them and said you should either get Book of Love, who are touring again, or Lights, who is a more contemporary artist who were big fans of uh, friends of our, my podcast. And uh, but they said we're probably going to find a local act, and I'm like, that's cool, but I don't I have no idea who you're going to find.
0: Do you go for the opener or do you, do you find out what time your band's going on and the, the, you show up close I to like that? I like
2: discovering a new opening act, but if yeah. we're pressed for time or whatever, yeah, we'll, uh, we usually will just go for the... Well, not usually. Usually we will go for the... We'll stay for the opening act, actually. We'll come in for the opening act. And
0: Yeah. See, traffic out here will prevent yeah. me from seeing the opening act a lot. Like, if, uh, I'm, if I'm like, who who is it? I don't know who that is. All right. What time's the headliner going? That's what time I'll be there. Okay. So, um... <laughs> All right, back to uh, one more track from No Place to Run, released in 1980, produced by George Martin. First album with Paul Chapman. Paul Tonka Chapman. Tonka is his nickname because he he was virtually indestructible uh-huh. when it came to uh, hurting his body with uh, drugs and alcohol. All right. That's where I understand. That's where the name Tonka comes from. Still alive, lives in Florida, teaches guitar lessons. Oh, good for him. I think UFO, out of everyone who's ever been in UFO, I think only... I think only uh, Paul Raymond has has passed away. Hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure, and that was just natural, you know, heart attack, natural causes, so to speak. So, all right, this song is called "Money, Money." Money, money. I think uh, I think in conjunction with this episode, I'll give away a couple of OMD CDs. Oh, cool! I'll give a couple of uh, UFO CDs away also. And I think my I think my question will be: UFO has many songs where they use the same word twice. Like they have. Shoot, oh my god! Shoot, doctor, doctor, money, money. The next album coming up, they have a song called Change Chains. So I guess it'll be just tell me. All those songs, Yeah. and that's how you'll be in the running. There you go. And that's, uh, that's on the Patreon page, people. Yep. This is the time to pitch the Patreon page. Uh, go to rocksolidpodcast.com. You'll be able to find a link for the Patreon page. $2 a month. $2 a month. You can win prizes. I'm talking like autograph things and videos, books. I get great prizes. I'm not going to lie. I give away a ton, I'm going to just say it. a ton of shit. A ton of great <laughs> shit, and I love it. I love, I love calling up a publisher or a record company, or whatever, and getting free stuff. Now for this episode, I'm not getting anything free from UFO or, or OMD. That'll come right, right out of my pop- pocket, but it actually comes out of the money that I that's coming in from Patreon. Oh, okay, because you know I have to mail this stuff Put out. Put it back in the band. Yeah, so a lot of the money that comes in goes back out to you people. So again, two dollars or five dollars or ten dollars or whatever per month. There's different tiers. is great. You get the episodes quickly after they are recorded. Because this one, I guarantee this isn't going to post till August. Yeah. Because I have so many in the can. But if you're an ASAP club member, you're listening right
2: fucking now. You are.
0: All right. It's in your ears. Back to you. So, Crush.
2: Next single from another one. And this comes up, man. I always forget how much I love this song. This is actually more of what we call a Paul song. Uh, Even though Andy sings on it, I think Paul wrote the lyrics uh, mostly, and uh, they wrote the music together, of course. And uh, this becomes our second Hot 100 single. It does not climb as high as So in Love, for uh, a reason that you'll probably be able to guess uh, in a minute. But um, here is Secret.
0: Yeah, that's, it went
2: to yeah. 63, and probably another big K-Rock tune, and uh, it turns up on a lot of uh, 80s compilations, I think, more of the deeper 80s cuts. But what happens with Secret, and this, was, and this one I can assure you is factual, because this was told to me by actual Paul Humphreys, Secret's climbing the chart, and uh, they get a call from John Hughes, and he goes, I want you guys to write a song for this movie I'm doing. And they're like, sure, we'll do that. So they write a song called Goddess of Love, and... Uh, he, John says, like, hey, thanks, great. I'll give you guys some studio time. They use that studio time to record more tracks for the next album. Smart. And, uh, yeah. And they, um, so they uh, go into the studio to record Goddess of Love. They give it to Hughes. He's great. He calls them up the night before they're supposed to leave on tour. Uh, they're in Los Angeles. He goes, I've got a problem. We showed the movie to a test audience. They hate the ending. Uh, you have to write a new song. The song you wrote doesn't make any sense anymore. And They're like, oh, damn it. <laughs> so they go into the studio in the middle of the night and record if you leave. Uh, which I'm not going to play. Go to the grocery store and listen to it. It's all over. You know it.
0: <laughs> I do love it, but you, it's yeah. funny that you, you don't I care just, for it anymore. I've heard it so much. It's I the, don't, it, like you said, it's the I want you to want me.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I don't need to hear it again. And it, I'm not mad at it. It's I don't hate it. It's just that there's other songs I mm-hmm. would love. But hear they them. do play
0: it in their set? In America, they do.
2: They don't do it in, in Europe. Is, it, it, like, is it an
0: opener or a closer? There's, or there's, just put in the middle
2: Middle the, right. When I, the, I saw that show In Chicago uh, There was another, a third guy That was there He was such a kid 20 year old kid They sent him For the Illinois Red, Some Illinois free paper mm-hmm. And I, we overheard him Talking to some people And they're like Oh we're surprised to see you." He goes oh yeah I'd, I only know the one song Yeah. <laughs> and I read his review later And he goes Why would they put if you, I'll do the Kyle voice Why would they put If you leave In the middle of the set It was the highlight mm-hmm. and I'm like No it wasn't Nobody cared. Nobody cared Anyone that's there Is here didn't to hear you, more Than if you leave Didn't you hear Yeah the that All the around? cheering For talking loud and clear And all the other songs So Anyway um, they record if you leave very quickly. They get the tape at six o'clock in the morning to Hughes. Hughes is like, "I love it, thank you very much." And A and M is so enamored of it, they pull Secret. They tell radio stations, "Stop playing Secret. Wow, we're playing stupid. this. We're that's playing stupid. this. We're playing this new track because well, the movie was coming out." But I play reckon. both. Put yeah. both out there. Well, it worked out, and well, it didn't. I guess so. It, it didn't. It didn't. We'll explain that after we hear more from UFO.
0: All right, moving on to UFO. We're going to talk about the album. That, uh, that I bought first. This is the first one I purchased. This was after seeing them open for Cheap Trick at the Pittsburgh Civic Arena. It's from 1981. It's the album they were touring with. It's called The Wild, The Willing, and The Innocent. That was my timer to tell me to go check the meter. There you go. It worked. Uh, uh, it did work. Um, let me start over. Because that timer now threw me off. All right, let's move on to UFO. This is the first album I purchased by the band. It's called The Wild, The Willing, and The Innocent. I think that was some type of an homage to Springsteen because he has the album called The Wild, The Willing, and The East Street Shuffle, I think is the name of the uh, album. But uh, this is the album they were touring with when I first saw them. And this is uh, one of those songs that uh, I said has two words as the title. This is called Chains, Chains. And here we go. <laughs> About this album. Uh, The classic lineup, uh, it changed with the last album when Paul Chapman came in, but now they make another change. Uh, Paul Raymond leaves and Neil Carter replaces him. So this is uh, Phil Mogg, Paul Chapman, Neil Carter, Pete Way, and Andy Parker. Neil Carter plays keyboards, guitar, saxophone. He's great. And he's again on tour with him right now. The band self produces this album the first time they ever did that i think they i don't know if they ever did it again after that usually i'm not a fan of that i always think that some bands need
2: yeah direction
0: direction but for me this is a great album this is this is my favorite ufo album so cool moving on for more omd action
2: so if you leave it becomes a big hit as andy likes to say in concert this is the song that almost ruined our career (laughs) um because it's going to cause problems later for them uh, they go on to record the Pacific Age, which does not include "If You Leave," but they were able to record some tracks for the album. Uh, so, if
0: you leave, is doesn't appear on any of their it, their it own albums. It Appears on
2: the two greatest hits albums. That's it. That's it. Okay. And uh, and the soundtrack for Pretty I used Think. to
0: like that back then when 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 a song would be it would be on a soundtrack. You had to buy the soundtrack if yeah. you like that band. You want yep. that album.
2: Yep. Or get the be- Wait for the best. Or of. Wait for the best of. So they re- the Pacific Age comes out and they release a song. that's a a Paul song called forever live and die does pretty well goes to number 19 in the u.s does uh okay over in britain although not a lot of people care for the pacific age uh i like this album a lot i never skip any tracks on this one this is almost a tate out of tate for me but uh this is you probably know this song too this one like i said with the number 19 here this is forever live and die whoops that's that's uh it's not the right song
0: it says forever live and die really oh yeah. that i'm sorry go ahead I'll take it back to where we had it queued.
2: By Stephen Hague again. Nice.
0: Yeah. To the uh, the, f- uh, the, f- the fan page you're on, is it on Facebook? Yep. What are those people like?
2: Uh, I always wonder if it's people like, because I'm also like on the Human League page mm-hmm. and some other pages, and and those bands I like a lot, but you know, OMD is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, them and the Beach Boys, of course. And so I always, I think it's mostly people like me who are, OMD is their favorite band yeah. or is their second favorite band.
0: But I mean, are they honest fans? Like uh, I'm on a Cheap Trick uh, group on Facebook and... There's so many people in there that like uh, they 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 love they love it all no matter what they won't oh there's
2: controversy they
0: won't ever say there's Especially, anything
2: bad well the thing too is there's the American fans and the British fans and I'm painting with a broad brush mm-hmm. but a lot of the British fans are are done with the band like after architecture morality some of them hate the middle albums we just listened to crush the Pacific Age junk culture they're too American. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of that kind of, yeah. that kind of tea going on in the, in the Facebook page. But I think for the most part, people like everybody, a lot of people do not like what we call TPA, which is the Pacific age in the OMD group. <laughs> but there are people like me that do, that do love it. I think this is a yeah. great album.
0: Look, uh, among queen fans, no one really likes hot space. I am I like Hot Space a lot. There's like three songs I don't like. Are you a Queen fan?
2: Yes, I love Queen.
0: Do you like Hot Space?
2: Uh, what songs are from that? I didn't know what songs are from uh, that.
0: Body Language, Staying Power. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that album. Yeah. I mean, there's I think there's only three songs I don't like yeah. that I'd skip.
2: Yeah, not a big 70s guy. Love Queen. Yeah. Love, love, love Queen. Well, Probably from my cousins. They were massive Queen fans.
0: Hot Space is, a, is 1981. Yeah. So. All right. Back to the Wild, the Willing, and the Innocent. It was so hard to pick songs off this one because I think I've played all these songs on the show before. I might have even played this one before, but this is a uh, couldn't get it right. I wonder how many listeners will like the entire episode or they'll like, uh, one half of the episode. I, don't know. <laughs> I think they'll enjoy us. Yeah. Yeah. They've right? got to be yeah. on board with both of the PFs. Exactly. Properly entertained. Hopefully the UFO fans will find OMD songs they like and the yeah. OMD fans will like UFO songs. Exactly. Like. That's what we want. Exactly. I'm enjoying pullout. this because uh, again I just queued your songs up Yeah, I did not listen to them Yeah, I just went in and queued and
2: yeah and I've never heard UFO Yeah, before. So, maybe I have and I did, didn't know it but
0: yeah I'm, and I'm being very honest with you I'm enjoying yeah. these songs you're playing I'm, I'm digging I'm gonna say I'm going to say 85% of the songs you've played I've liked cool there might only be two songs where I'm like mm, that one's not my deal but well, so far so good
2: here's another one you're going to know they released the Best of OMD after the Pacific Age, and this album does very well for them uh, on the strength that has If You Leave. But I, like I said, people that I turned on to the Best of album mm-hmm. listen to the whole album, and they go, oh, I like that song, I like that song. So it's, it's a very good um, Greatest Hits collection. And what's they, it called? It is called the Best of OMD. Hey, perfect. It's got a black cover. It's just Paul and Andy on, uh, on the cover. Um, and uh, they, of course, record an extra song for it, as is the custom in those You got times. to. The song is called Dreaming. It is OMD's second biggest hit. Uh, in the United States, it goes to, it just misses the top 10, goes to 16. I think in the cash box chart though, it went to number nine and I love dreaming. So, and a lot of, again, a lot of tea in the OMB Facebook, I posted that on there the other day and people were not having it. <laughs> a lot of the British fans like, Oh, American crap. But I love dreaming. Dig these drums, man.
0: Yeah. Song too, yeah. It's it's unfortunate when a best of greatest hits comes out and the new song does not catch fire, yeah, because exactly. then it like, kind of like doesn't belong on the album,
2: uh, yeah. It's kind of like, oh, you, you clearly just threw this on.
0: And you I mean sometimes it's a home run, like uh, uh, Tonight She Comes by the Cars, yeah, that was there, oh, yeah, yeah. And then on uh, what was it on the uh, Holland uh, greatest hits, it was. Oh, they had two, Say It Isn't So and Adult Education. Yeah. Both of those were... B- smashes. Smashes, yeah. thanks to thanks to MTV for sure. Yeah. So they
2: go on tour with Depeche Mode for this, uh, and it's very successful for Depeche Mode. This is the famous 101 tour, which ends in Los Angeles in, or in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. in front of 100,000 fans. Wow. OMD gets to play for an hour. Uh, they bring in Thomas Dolby and Wire to be the opener openers, and then De- OMD gets to play for an hour, and then Depeche Mode does it. And uh, at the end of that tour, uh Andy told me, "quote uh, We went back to England absolutely penniless." And why? Uh, I'll explain
1: after. Okay, cool. Know, <laughs>
0: uh, I bet teaser. when I don't know when UFO might have played in front of a, a large crowd like that. It must be at one of those Castle Donnington heavy metal fests in England. But they're probably so far down on the uh, they're probably playing it. UFO never played at night on one of those festivals. <laughs> they're always like in the day. I bet. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, this is mechanics. Is the next, it's mechanics. It ends with an X, but it has a, there's a wrench on the cover. It's a very cool album cover. I love the album cover. 1982. Who produces this one? Gary Lyons, not to be confused with Leo Lyons uh, from the first three that I played. But this is a, I love this song. This is, I love this album. This is We Belong to the Night. Positive I've played that song on here before Because I love it That
2: does sound familiar
0: uh, Yeah, th- again I don't know if the Paul Chapman albums are my favorite Because that's when I discovered them But I really, you know Or if this was the the height of my musical experience You know, the early 80s Just buying albums constantly yeah. But um, are you a vinyl guy? Do you have uh, vinyl records?
2: My daughters have gotten into the vinyl mm-hmm. I have the only vinyl I have left Is stuff I couldn't replace on CD Gotcha Yeah
0: yeah, I just uh, you know lucky enough to get a free turntable from U uh, Turn Audio. Thank you so much, and uh, a friend of the show Daryl Asher uh, bought me speakers and a receiver. Oh, nice! So I have a whole system now at home. So the other day when I was uh, at uh, where was I? I wasn't at CD Trader. I was at uh, I think it's called Flipside in Woodland Hills. I found a, I found a copy of the Wild, the Willing, and the Innocent UFO album for eight ninety nine, still sealed. Ooh. So, yes, I'd pick nice. that up. Cool. All right, back to you. Back to OMD. They go back to England.
2: They uh, like Penniless. They are penniless. Um, they start to have some problems. They've been on the road with each other. They're sick of each other. Uh, mostly three of them are sick sick of one of them. And uh they Andy's like, We need more songs like dreaming and if you leave, which by the way are good songs. I think for people, the a lot of OMD fans, especially the British fans had a problem with that they weren't they didn't sound very different than anything else that was on the radio, right. but they're still good songs, that's my argument. That's why I like the Pacific Age so much. But they get back to England, they're trying to write a new album, and uh as Andy points out, he says, you know, we can't agree on anything uh and then they the martin and malcolm want more say in the band and andy's like well two of us can't agree how the hell are four of us going to (laughs) agree so this story i heard comes from a a show that was on british tv about they'd go back and see what bands were like uh what what they were up to now sure this story comes from like the mid to or, or right around 2000 so andy explains this he says the three of them came to me and said look we want to continue as OMD, and we think there's value in the name, so we want to go on, the three of us, without you, and we would like to take the name. And Andy says, over my dead body, which is my favorite Andy McCluskey quote. And uh, so they say, well, fine, you can have the name then. But I guess he ended up with That's all the liability. That's what OMD stands
0: for, over my, my dead. dead body, right? Yeah. It,
2: I never noticed that. Wow. OMDB. there you go. And so he, I think because he does that, though, I think he assumes a lot of the liability of the band still has mm-hmm. to Virgin. Uh, So he goes and gets new management. First, he has a nervous breakdown because his friends have deserted him. (laughs) Sure. And then he tries to start writing this new album on his own. He he finds a couple guys to write with and uh, he gets new management. His manager says, you know, we should really go over the books here because this doesn't seem right that you don't have any money. So he goes over it and he finds out, oh, Virgin's never paid you for any of your CD sales. And this is 1990. Wow. Yeah, so they are owed, particularly Paul and Andy are owed a lot of money by yes, Virgin. Yes, for sure. So and I also think that they probably didn't add up those for, because there's no way they sold like organizations sold well uh, architecture made sold millions. There's no way not selling a lot of copies of dazzle ships bankrupted them. So no. anyway, yeah, but basically they, told, they both told me this independently, that it was CD sales that, that Virgin had never tracked. So they wrote millions of dollars or millions of pounds. And so Andy's able to go on and write Sugar Tax, which becomes a huge, huge album for them, produces their, first, uh, their second highest charting song ever. Um, and Paul and Martin and Malcolm go on to form a group called The Listening Pool. They're not allowed to release anything until Andy releases his album uh it produces like sailing on the seven seas is a big hit in the uk uh pandora's box is okay but i'm gonna play my favorite track from sugar tax and i went back and listened to this album i went and listen to all the albums before we did the show here good for you i did and i forgot how much i like sugar tax but this is probably my favorite song on the album and it was not a single but this is speed of light Drove all the way to New York City to see uh, that tour with basically just Andy and some some hired guns. Uh, that's when my wife and I were first. We'd been friends for a while. We would, uh, we were engaged at that point, and okay. she let me. She actually let me drive to New York City. We drove her car to New York City and saw OMD, and I met Andy after the show.
0: And she hated every single second of it. She did. I
2: think she hates OMD now just to get my goat.
0: But the, I, I can I can tell you that um, this type of keyboard based '80s yeah. music. Is Pilar hates it. Yeah, I can, I can see that. <clears throat> hates yeah, it. I, I got it. I'm yeah. like, how do you hate it? She's like, and even if I if I say Duran Duran, ugh. I mean, just yeah. I watched a
2: documentary just... on them on the airplane. How was it? Awesome. What's it called? I think it's just called Duran Duran. It was, uh, I can't remember what it was. It's an hour long. It was from the BBC, and uh, it's really good. Right. I might do a proper Duran Duran dive. My one comment on sugar tax, I would uh, take off all the glitters and replace it with the actual title track, which wound up being a B side to one of the singles sugar tax. And then you've got a a, a perfect album.
0: Now I'm going to play one more song off of mechanics. I want to tell you this, guess what the name of the song is that closes out the album call. And I wish I had this one queued up. Guess what the name of the song is that closes out mechanics, Uh, Mike and the mechanics. It's called dreaming. Oh, wow. How about that? Man. Maybe that's the question to win. What uh, what, what are the two songs? Uh, the same, a title Fight. Title Fight. Get out of Title Fight. Yeah. There you go. It's a good song, too. I wonder if I was even close to picking it. All right. This one's called From Mechanics. One more. This is called Back Into My Life.
1: Every night's another night. You keep looking back.
0: I like that. I like Thank that you. vocal. Thank you. They also do a cover of something else, the Eddie Crock- Cochran tune. Okay, I mean. yeah. Yeah. Good album. Mechanics is great.
2: Uh, gonna skip Liberator. Liberator comes out uh, after Sugar Tax, but between Liberator and Sugar Tax, uh, Paul and Malcolm and Martin get to release their album under the name The Listening Pool. The album is called Still Life and uh, there are a couple of things they released as singles from it. I like this one the best. This is called Oil for the Lamps of China and it is it's very Paul and Martin.
1: Oil for the Lamps of China. Oil for the Lamps of China. The place you call home Somewhere to call your own You need some time to be alone Somewhere to light up your life Maybe
0: you'll hold on tight
1: Gotta hope it turns out
0: right You better stop sitting back is, uh, is this the only album by the list yes, pool? Yes, it is. One and, uh, and done.
2: One and done. The it's they You can find it on CD some places in Europe. I'm going to go to Amoeba after this and try to find it. I probably won't. Uh, there's talk of them re-releasing it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's very hard to find. I only have this courtesy of the Napster days of the internet. And, um this is out the same time as Andy has out an album called Liberator, which which is fine. Mm-hmm. It's it's better than people remember it, but I mean the valleys are very deep on Liberator. Gotcha. The peaks are pretty good. The the lead single Stand Above Me is good. There's a song called Dream of Me, which is uh mixes that and Barry White's love loves theme. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Uh, Dollar Girl's a good track, but um yeah, it's just you know it's in the interest of time we'll we'll skip Liberator and people can.
0: If you, uh, if you go out the front door on Ventura Boulevard and turn left and go uh, about a mile and a half up the road, there's a place called Freak Beat Records. You oh. want to stop in there. David Wilde's favorite place Wait, to go. I'm
2: going to text the crew that because they're they're heading back to the area. Freak Beat Records. Okay, okay. Parked in... Okay, and let me tell them whilst you queue up your next tune.
0: All right. Uh, next album is from 1983. Again, they're on 80, 80, 81, which, 82, 83. Which way do they head up Ventura? Uh, from... To get to Freakbeat records? Yeah.
2: How far well, is it from here?
0: It's about, uh, I'd say about a mile and a half.
2: Okay. Okay, cool.
0: Go on. <laughs> um, that's saying, That one's staying in. We're not editing that one out. Okay. Uh, from 1983, this album is called Making Contact, and this first track I'm going to play is called A Fool for Love. She
1: told me her story Hoped I would
0: i need to uh I need to note that this is the first album without founding member Pete way hmm. on bass, and that song has some incredible bass on it. The bass on this album was played by guitarist Paul Chapman and keyboardist Neil Carter. They shared bass duties. i don't know who played when they toured, but uh yeah i don't and I don't know why Pete way left it. I think it was probably drugs and alcohol <laughs> related at the time whoops but um, um, nervous exhaustion he'll be back he'll be back, but right now. He's gone, and uh, maybe he was a good live bassist. Maybe he wasn't great in the studio because the bass really jumps out at me on some of the tracks on this album.
2: Uh, Puts me in the mind of John Waite, that last track.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: So um, Andy releases what's going to be, for a while, the final OMD album, still with his hired crew. Uh, He writes what he thinks is his best song of his career, and uh, actually over in, in Britain, uh, this is not the case any longer, but this song is used in a commercial for a Milky Way candy bar. The song is called Walking on the Milky so Way. So you're
0: totally not playing anything off Liberator.
2: No, nah, I'm just going to skip Liberator.
0: Why is that? You well, don't like
2: it? Well, the, the girls are getting a little impatient. They're shopping on oh the tour right now. Even
0: though we started early? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All, All right, so. right, girls. And
2: it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's okay to skip Liberator. Uh, I get it. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, but I want to play this. This is a fantastic tune. This is uh, in the encore now when we see it. And this is Walking on the Milky Way. So that song only makes it to, let me see, Walking on the Milky Way, it only goes to 17 in the UK chart. And Andy is very disappointed in the performance of that song. Like, He thinks it's one of the greatest songs he's ever written.
0: Yeah, that must be a bummer.
2: And yeah, and a couple of things happen here. Uh, Paul co-writes very close to far away on this album. He uh, is living in Los Angeles at this time. Andy comes out to visit. Any animosity is long dissolved. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, They're pals again. Um, but another thing that happens is Andy is in a record shop in England, and he picks up an Erasure album. He's a big fan. Him and Vince clark are good friends. And he's like, "Oh, geez, do I need another Erasure album?" And then he realizes, "Oh shit, what if people think that about OMD?" And he decides, <laughs> "You know what? It's probably time to close up shop. Uh, guitar bands are big again, Oasis and all that. And if Walking on the Milky Way didn't chart higher than 17, and I'm I'm done. So he folds up the OMD tent, uh, recruits these three young girls." Uh, to perform a band called Atomic Kitten, very Spice Girls-like. Uh-huh. And it takes a while, but they end up with a number one hit in the UK, Andy's only number one hit ever. Wow. Hole Again, which he wrote with, I want to say he wrote it with Stuart Kershaw, which is one of the guys in his, in the what they call the, the B-Squad of OMD. <laughs> the other guys now. But um, uh, Hole Again goes to number one, and uh, the funny story here is, uh, they end up getting rid of Andy, and I think for a while this is what I made up with my detective work. I feel free to comment on the OMD Facebook page, but my detective work tells me that they got rid of Andy and Stewart uh, the record com- at, at first, and I think Andy and Stuart thought it was the girls that rebelled against them. Mm-hmm. I think it turned out later it was the record company that turned the gotcha, girls against gotcha. them because in later interviews Andy says, "Oh, I love those girls. They're like daughters to me. They're, we're still very great friends." But for a while he would say some nasty things. He'd always say, "Oh, this is still better than working with a Tom a Kitten." So I think that's what happened was that he, he thought they betrayed him, and later it turned out no, they didn't. They were they were young girls, and they were just the record company turned them against them. and they, they threw Andy and Stewart out completely of the whole project. Wow. And yeah, so.
0: By the way, uh, Sting also got rid of Andy and Stewart. Yes, <laughs> he did. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to move it along because I don't want I don't want PF to get in trouble with the ladies. Right. So uh, the other song I was going to play off Making Contact is called Blinding Blinded by a Lie, but I'm going to move on to 1985's Misdemeanor. Lots of changes coming for UFO. This is the first now. Every single album that I've played so far, I love everything, top to bottom. And then this one hits. It's 1985. This is the band. It's Phil Mog and then it's it's all different guys. Tommy McClendon, who goes by Atomic Tommy M is on lead guitar. Uh Paul Gray is on bass. Jim Simpson is on drums. These guys I've never even heard of these guys. They bring back uh Paul Raymond uh, on keyboards and guitar. So we do have two classic members in the uh in the band. But this is this is the era now where the where the, the the hair's sprayed up real big. I mean, there you go. It doesn't look at all like UFO. It's like, who are these guys? It's got an unfortunate album cover. It's got, it's got a very young girl, or else the model looks like she's very young. Oh, no. The album's called Misdemeanor. The girl's tattooed. She's holding a pistol. It's just everything about it is not good <laughs> to me. Do you see the album cover? No. What's it called again? UFO Misdemeanor.
2: Misdemeanor. I could spell misdemeanor. Misdemeanor. Right, I'll bring that up. There's misdemeanor.
0: Misdemeanor. Yeah. Then, it's, uh, yeah. it's 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 not good. So um, there's also a UK mix and a USA oh, yeah, and a USA. That's well, not
2: as bad as the the Faucets. Well true.
0: <laughs> there's a USA mix, there's a UK mix. I don't know which one this is, but this song is called This Time. Now I don't hate this album. It's just not on par with what has come before. It's mm. it's kind of it's kind of the little bit of the down, first downfall. Cool. Okay.
2: Sad. So uh, back over to OMD. Um, they uh, they split. Andy's working with the Tom McKitten. Uh, Paul uh, ends up working with Claudia Brücken from uh, Propaganda. They form a group called the One Two. They get married. Paul divorces his wife Maureen. They get uh, he marries Claudia Brücken. Uh, So they're kind of just, you know, muddling about doing other projects. And then in 2002, German television comes a calling to Andy and says, hey, would you want to come? Because they were huge, probably their second biggest market was Mm -hmm. probably Germany, probably from the Kraftwerk influence. And the German TV folks say, hey, would you guys want to come over and be on our TV show we're doing? And so Andy rings up Paul and goes, hey, you want to get away from you know the wives for a while? Let's, just, let's go over to Germany. And so Paul says, yeah, what the hell? So they go over there. They have so much fun. They're like, we should, we should get the band back together, man. <laughs> so uh, they do. They decide to put the band back together. And uh, first just the two of them, but they ring up Malcolm and Martin. And uh, they uh, make an album called The History of Modern, which... Uh, Like that one Cars song you mentioned uses leftover parts from other albums, Um, so that's not what the history of modern means, but it kind of fits into the story. And uh, the track Sister Mary said is leftover and uh, from like the architecture morality days. Sister Marie, sister. Well, he says Sister Mary in the song, but it's about sister. Yeah, it's the Sister Marie. Maybe this is the British accent. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, Sister uh, Marie. Uh, was a lady that I think in the 90s said, had predicted that a comet was going to wipe out the earth if people didn't stop watching pornography and things like that. I guess, so people, I
0: guess people stopped. They
2: must have. It worked. Yeah. So anyway, this at the time, they thought it sounded too similar to Enola Gay and some of the other songs, so they just shelved it, and they brought it back out and finished it for this album. And uh, this is one of my favorite all-time OMD songs. This is Sister Mary Says. One. yeah so they go out on tour with that and uh, it's mostly just fans that show up for it but yeah that's the uh, beginning of the uh, and that's the classic lineup comes back together for that the tour uh, Paul Andy along with Martin and Malcolm
0: how many people in the classic lineup currently
2: uh, there's from four. the classic lineup there is four what happens later I can tell this part of the story now is after the next album, English Electric, they're on tour, they're in Toronto, mm-hmm. they're about to start an Olé Gay, and Malcolm gasps, don't start an Olé Gay, it's 104 degrees in the theater in Toronto, and he falls over. And so they stop the show, they call the ambulance, oh, no. Malcolm, Malcolm is clinically dead for five minutes. They revive him, get him to the hospital in Toronto, he survives, he's fine, he's still alive to this day, wow. but the doctors tell him, you can't tour anymore. <clears throat> So they get Stuart Kershaw, who was the drummer mm-hmm. in the B lineup, to come and join, which is a very horrible thing to say, because Stuart's probably a very nice guy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Stuart Kershaw is now the drummer for for OMD. If right. Malcolm could, he would still be in the group in the classic lineup. But now the classic lineup is technically Andy, Paul, Martin, now, now Stuart.
0: Does the does this guy um, play on the albums? He, I think he is on English Electric. Uh, no, wait, he... he well, he, I think he
2: did help out, um, and I think he's for sure on the very last album. I think he's on The Punishment of Luxury. Okay. He's a full member now, so.
0: All righty. Uh, UFO, it's now seven years between albums. This wow. is a long time. Uh, for all intents and purposes, I thought UFO was done, and then I was in this uh, record store in Chicago. I forget the name of it, but I would always go there, because uh, new releases used to come out on Tuesdays. Yep. But this place would get them on Monday, and they would just put them out.
2: Oh yeah, yeah Because they're like we We're an that. independent
0: We don't care yeah. We just put everything out So I'm leafing through Just looking at everything And I come across A new UFO album Called High Stakes And Dangerous Men I'm like What is this? Is this And I'm like Is this like a bootleg thing? What is this? And I look And it looks like It's it's a straight up New UFO album uh, Phil Mogg And Pete Way Have mended fences Ooh. So the bass player uh, Founding member is back They get a guy named Lawrence Archer On guitar and Clive Edwards on drums. I've never heard of these guys before, but I'm like, oh, okay. That's who they're working with. That's who they're working with. And this album's pretty great. And what's funny is every other song is fantastic. Like it'll be like, that sounds good. Oh my god, that song's amazing. That sounds good. Holy crap. So um I will play a song called She's the One. It's not
1: there's no in me this feeling.
2: late 80s vibe there
0: yep yep and i would say out of all the ufo albums this might be the one that people maybe have never heard of hmm. that, that's just my opinion because it just it kind of just sneaks in there at a weird time period and the next album uh well we'll talk about that when we get to it people okay. know about that one and there's a reason they do
2: so, uh, oh, funny story from history of modern, real quick that Paul told me. They were um, when they were putting the band back together, record. Do I have Paul, to laugh, Paul? No. What it's, if I it, don't think it's, funny. it's it's not funny? Ha ha, funny. It's just kind of right. funny, cute, funny. Do you want
0: me to fake laugh? No, that's fine. Okay,
2: no, you don't have to. Uh, Paul is living in London at this point, and he's still living in, in Liverpool. <laughs> Hold
0: on a second, slow down.
2: I know, right? Okay, go. Uh, <laughs> and Paul, they're so they're writing this uh, album between the two cities. And uh, they need to get some of their old equipment back because a lot of it, you know, they don't have anymore. So they're going on eBay trying to find their old keyboards and stuff like that. And they end up getting in a eBay battle with each other, not knowing that it's the other one of them trying to get us. So they wind up paying w- way more for get this old Korg micro preset than they need to. <laughs> that is actually and, funny. Yeah. So yeah, and Paul's like, uh, wait, um, I'm having it. No, 300 pounds. No, I'm having it. So that was that was that. So anyway, <laughs> at this point, they, they're they just making albums for the fans, basically. And, you know, people that are still familiar with sure. them. sure. And uh, English Electric is released in 2013, is it? I've lost track of the Yeah, 2013 is what it says. 2013, yeah. Um, yeah, there it is. And uh, this is a song called Night Cafe. The cover of Crush, which is one of my favorite album covers, is inspired by the painter. Um, uh, I just, oh, it escapes me. I just had a brain cramp. Um, he's a guy that did Nighthawks. Um, Monet? No, not Monet. Um, anyway.
0: <laughs> I just said whatever.
2: Uh, Edward Hopper. And so this song is actually lists a bunch of Edward Hopper paintings in it because Andy is a big Edward Hopper fan. Oh, cool. And this, is, this is Night Cafe.
0: Song that was very nice. That's a nice tune. I like yeah. that one a lot.
1: I like
2: these later albums a lot. There's very when I was going through these, I'm like, there's very few tracks I'm skipping on these. And uh, although I, I thought I liked English Electric the best, I may actually like History of Modern the best out of these final three.
0: Mm-hmm. And why? Why do you think that is? is it just the songs just resonate better tunes, better yeah. With you? Yeah. All right, we're moving on to 1995 UFO. The album is called Walk on Water. It's a total. uh What do I want to say? Uh, the, the the original lineup gets back together. That's what I want to say. It's uh, it's Andy Parker. Uh, I mean, the classic lineup. Andy sure. Parker, Pete Way, Michael Shanker, Phil Mogg, and Paul Raymond. And Ron Nevison comes back as producer. So this is a big deal in the UFO fan base. We got these five yeah. guys working with Ron Nevison again. Uh, the album's Walk on Water. I remember I was at uh, Tower Records at, at Sunset. And I was looking through. It was an import only here. I found it. It was like $35. Whoa. And this is, a, again, 95 is when I moved out here. Let me see if it has the month it came out. came out in April, and I, I got here in uh, February. I could not afford $35, no. and I bought it. Ooh. And it's you know what's a weird thing is I shouldn't have bought it at the time because I couldn't afford to buy it. And when I see this album cover today, it gives me that same feeling like a kid who— you, you didn't do your homework. Your term paper's not done. Like, when I see this album cover, that's the feeling I get. And kind of when I listen to it, it makes me feel that way. So this is a pretty great album, but because I have that feeling like yeah. I shouldn't have bought it, uh, I still have that feeling when I hear it. so funny. It. it is weird. Yeah. Music can do that, though. It is, totally. Then when they came to town, I had never seen the classic lineup live. I didn't go cuz I couldn't afford to go and it was like 20 bucks to see hmm. it, to see the show. I spent 35 on the CD, but so it goes. I'll play the track that opens the album. It's oh. called Self-Made Man.
1: I am the demon your darkest th- makes you shiver I am just one of the many lost I will change the course of the river
0: Okay, so here's what we're gonna do, PF. Mm-hmm. We're gonna close out this episode with you and OMD. Okay, cool. You got a play out song for me on this list? I do have one more album okay. real quick. Well, we're but, gonna do that, but here's but, what I'm gonna here's, oh, what I, okay. here's what I'm gonna say. I with UFO I still have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven albums to cover. Oh my God. So here's what we're going to do. Yeah. I'm going to put it out right now to two listeners, Michael okay. Michael Bagford and Greg Cadester. These guys are big UFO fans. Tom Neuerberg, if you want to get in on this too, the four of us will cover the album Covenant through A Conspiracy of Stars. We'll cover those in an after-party episode that'll be... Follow it'll be it'll be hooked onto this episode. Okay, but it'll be after your playout song. Okay, cool. All right. So you guys can each pick one song off of all those albums. Send me your song list. Send me a one or two sentence about their songs, and then I'll just sit down in here someday, and I'll record that myself. Okay. And I'll read their commentary and uh, awesome. Uh, whichever one of you three, all three of you can do it with me, or if if, if you don't want to, you don't have to. And uh, but when you hear this, because you guys are all in the ASAP club. Uh, just email me and say I'm in, or 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 go to hell, whatever you want to <laughs> say. But uh, we'll close this out with OMD.
2: Yep. So up to the punishment of luxury, which came out in 2017, and uh, one of the things Paula told me about the one of the other reasons they took a break mm-hmm. uh, was the fact that they didn't have anything left to say at the end of the 80s. And All he right. said, now with that long break, we have a lot to say. And so this is another a good example of that. This is just a social commentary. The Punishment of Luxury. I love that title. Yeah, exactly. It's um, I think th- it might have been a quote from somebody they pulled, but uh, this was the lead track. Uh, no, isotype was the lead track. This was the t- title track and the second single from The Punishment of Luxury, and uh, it's just it's a cracking tune. All right, here we go. Tune, yeah, right.
0: I would love to have the punishment of luxury. I know, right? <laughs> Give me <laughs> I that.
2: Should, I should live so long.
0: I like this album cover too.
2: Yeah, so there we go. It's um, we're up to the uh, be the 40th anniversary tour this summer, mostly with B52s as the middle act, mm-hmm. uh, jumping off to headline some places. They could do a full set, including Cincinnati. I don't know where else, but
0: so what's the lineup when the B52s are the middle act?
2: Uh, that's interesting. You should say that they will usually start with messages they will end with i think they will start no no i meant the, i meant uh, like the, the song
0: the, no not the song i meant the the lineup of who's on this tour
2: berlin omd b52s
0: okay i, I thought you said b52s went second no 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 they're, no, they're going
2: no no they're going to omd is going to open for b52s yes okay but then they're going to jump off a couple places including cincinnati and in headline
0: have you seen berlin
2: i don't oh yes i have years and years ago when it was just terry touring uh, she was on one of those 80s tours mm-hmm. and it was just her and some hired guns She's great. She is. She Love was, her. She was
0: great on the show. Love she, Berlin. She coined the nickname Artie. Yes, Artie. That's yes, what I was trying to remember. She was so much fun. One of our one of our uh, top two, three, four, five, top five favorite guests yes, of all yes, time. She's so imagine. great. Yeah. So that's a good lineup though. It is. It is. Like, you won't be leaving, you'll stay and watch B fifty twos, right? Well,
2: I've seen the Bees before. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go up to Dayton. They're all, they're coming to Dayton okay. uh for that show. Mm-hmm. I was gonna drive up to see that and I probably would have stuck around for the bees. But when I found out OMD was coming uh, a week before to headline, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'll just go to the OMD headline.
0: When OMD is headlining, is Berlin still opening that?
2: No, they're going to find another opener.
0: Oh, oh, that's right. You said that earlier. Although I
2: would love to have Berlin as the opening act. You kidding me? Yeah. Because they try. have the they have uh, uh, John Crawford's back and yeah. Dave Diamond. Yes, yes, yes. I would love to see that. In fact, I should probably yeah. tweet, we should probably tweet her and say, hey, try to talk yourself into them. <laughs> Instead of finding a local band in Cincinnati, which would be fine. Yeah. Yeah, come and, come down to Cincinnati and uh, yeah.
0: I think people would love that. Have a local band open for Berlin right. and then, and then have OMD Berlin play. There you go. Yeah. Sorted. Okay, we'll get that done. Done. Done deal. We figured it out. All right. All right. So what's your play out song?
2: I'm going to go back to the much maligned Pacific Age for one of my favorite OMD songs. It wasn't a single, but this song is co-written nope. by... Uh, Before we do it, yes. let's do some promoting.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. This is it. We're, we're done. Oh, yeah. That's right. We're wrapping up. We got about uh, we did about two hours and 25 minutes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to carry over, hopefully, sure. with some more UFO. with the tag. Uh, PF, I'm so glad you finally got yes. to California. I hope you have a wonderful vacation with the family. Thank you. I hope you had a good time doing this. Yeah, absolutely. To be honest, you could sit here and do this for another uh, yeah, so Oh, yeah, oh totally.
2: Yeah, I could go through every song. <laughs>
0: uh, where can we find you on social media?
2: Uh, I'm PF66 on Twitter. Okay. Uh, I think I'm PF.Wilson on Instagram. Not right. on Instagram very much because my old stupid phone and I'm not... <laughs> I don't know how to use Instagram very well. Okay. But um, uh, I would promote uh, that I would like to promote PF State Recorder podcast, mostly interview comedians. There's a song of the week at the end of the show. I play for like 90 seconds for you know, fair use purposes.
0: We can Can't find be... it on iTunes? iTunes,
2: everywhere you get everywhere podcasts. Everywhere you get podcasts. For the most part, yeah. Right, um, cool. I have to pay extra to Podbean if I want to be in Spotify. So I'm not there yet. But uh, iTunes for sure, Stitcher, okay. all those other places. Cool. And the Cincy Shirts podcast to please my bosses. Even if you're not from Cincinnati, we've had like Johnny Bench has been a guest. So if you're a baseball fan, or Bronson Arroyo. So yeah, what's
0: the, what's tell me about the Cincy shirts podcast. What is, what's this about?
2: It's basically, uh, we invite people that are connected to Cincinnati just to come mm-hmm. in and just tell their story. And we look for great stories. We had a guy on, uh, just this past week. Uh, it'll, the episode will drop in a couple of weeks. He um, was a, started as a disc jockey in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. He was a weatherman for years and years. He's really beloved. His name is Pat Berry. He told the most hilarious stories. And again, even if you're not from Cincinnati, they're still funny stories. So tune in. I mean,
0: And do these people have to be in studio with you to be on the Cincy shirts? Yeah.
2: So we're talking about Skyping some people. Okay. I'd rather have. We record it in the back room of our Hyde Park mm-hmm. store. And uh, yeah, it's it's fabulous.
0: The next time my uh, friend comedian Chip Chinnery is in town, yes. I should hook you guys up together because he is from Cincinnati. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, Chip yeah. Has, uh, has a he's ha- had an acting career that's amazing. He, yes, he's been on he was on Friends and Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm. We, he's been on all, all every everything, and then he's been in movies and he's done like over hundred commercials. Just we, crazy.
2: We were talking about old cars when we were walking in today, mm-hmm. and um, he was Chip was on uh, Jackie Cation's podcast. Yes. another friend of the show, mm-hmm. and he had the most hilarious. Line he drives a '99 Camry, I think, like yeah, I do, yeah, and, I, yeah. and he told her, goes I drive a car from the 1900s." <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he, uh he's just getting ready to buy a new car. Oh, good for him! And he's like, he was the only thing weird. He said, "This might be the last car I ever owned Oh, I and think about that. Very scary to think about. Because we we hold
2: on cars for a long time. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, I think he had a car once that had like 300,000 miles on it. It was incredible. Yeah. He just really takes care of it and. He does the research, all the stuff.
2: That's what you got to do.
0: All right. We are at Rock Solid Show. I am at Pat underscore Francis. Kyle is at Kyle. Some funny. Go to rocksolidpodcast.com for everything about Rock Solid. T-shirts, Patreon page, uh, like us on Facebook, and uh, follow us on Twitter, and write an iTunes review. I think the last one was uh, was in May. It was a positive one. We love that. But we'll read, the, we'll read the bad ones, too. Don't write a bad one just to get it read, but we'll read them. We don't care. People have opinions. We, sure. just, we just laugh it off. My go. wife, she doesn't want to hear any reviews. I'm like, I want to hear this great review. I don't want to hear a good review. I don't want to hear any reviews. I'm hmm. like, all right, fine. Go ahead. Take us out. Right. P.F. Wilson, take us out. Okay,
2: back to the much maligned Pacific Age album, uh, a song co-written by Stephen Hay. that closes the album. I just love this song. It's called Watch Us Fall. Thank you, P.F. Thanks, man.
0: Solid listeners, the show may be over, but the party continues. This is Pat Francis, and this is the after party. That's a very lonely after party today because uh, it's just me. It's a party one. Uh, full disclosure, today is Wednesday, October 16th. This episode drops tomorrow. So I have, uh, I have waited to the last possible minute to fulfill my obligation in completing the UFO Catalog. All right, look, here's what we're going to do. We are going to continue through uh, the UFO catalog, the episode that you just listened to with P.F. Wilson. Thank you, P.F. Wilson. That was recorded weeks and weeks and actually months ago. You're finally going to hear it. It's the UFOMD episode. And when we ended, we were through the OMD catalog, but not quite through the UFO catalog. So we're going to play those songs from those albums in a minute. Before we continue, I have to let people know that this week on the Patreon page, our Friday trivia giveaway is we have copies, vinyl copies actually, of the new OMD souvenir greatest hits package. It's it's a three LP set, and we're gonna be giving away copies of those. Those are courtesy of Universal Music. And I want to give a shout out to Megan McLean for making that happen. Megan sent me the copies. Souvenir, the Singles Collection, 1979 to 2019. So you're going to want to sign up for Patreon if you haven't done that yet. $2 a month, and then you'll be eligible to win all the prizes. And we have great prizes always, and we have great prizes coming up. So uh, check it out. And I did not make the trivia question very difficult, so everyone will have a chance. Uh, Of course, all correct answers will be entered in a random drawing, and that's how we do it. All right, let's move on. So in order to go through the UFO catalog, I ask listeners, Michael Bagford and Greg Cadester, and you know these guys because they've been listening to albums every single day and posting them on the Twitter page along with, uh, along with many other people have been doing it too. Many other people have been uh, participating and that's cool, I love it. But Michael Bagford and Greg Cadester have agreed to choose uh, UFO songs that we will play. So let's start with Michael Bagford. The first album we're going to cover is called Covenant. It's from the year 2000. And at that time, the lineup was Phil Mogg on vocals, Michael Shanker on guitar, Pete Way on bass, and uh, legendary drummer Ainsley Dunbar on drums. And that's going to be the lineup for these next two albums from 2000 and 2002. The first one, of course, I said was Covenant. And here's a little intro That Michael Bagford has written. Hi, this is Michael. Hope you are all doing great. Uh, Okay, I get it. I get it. I I see where we're going. Bags. Uh, Hear this. The new Rock Solid episode, UFOMD, is really a miracle. And this episode, it's really a miracle that this episode happened. I'm glad to be contributing to the show once again. I'm also glad that the recording has been successfully completed. Uh, Not yet, but Chloe, we're, we're getting there. Anyway, enough of the Michael Schenker rule. Let's keep on rocking with some great UFO tunes. All right. The first tune that Michael has picked, uh, we've all picked three. So we'll do Michael's, then we'll do Greg's, and then we'll do mine. Uh, Michael has picked a song called Unraveled. Michael says, Covenant is a really good follow-up to "Walk on Water, um, especially the studio disc, because this album came with a live disc also. I picked this song because it has a really good chorus and it rocks. So sit back and get ready, UFO fans, for a song called Unraveled.
1: Yes, you will be beautiful.
0: I guess the chorus is coming up.
1: And the, the
0: Alright, that was a that was a little bit longer clip than we usually play, but uh, I'll allow it. It's the after party. Come on, I gotta have fun, I'm here by myself. I'm uh, playing drums on my uh, thighs like I do when I'm when I'm here with people, but I'll do that by myself. All right, next up, Greg Cadester has a song off Covenant, but here's what Greg says to start off. First off, I have to say that I have been a fan of OMD since 1983, have every studio album and have seen them in concert three times. I've only been listening to UFO since the early 2000s when I first heard the intro of Mystery Train being played in a record store. I bought the album No Place to Run that day and have been a fan ever since. I have to be the only listener with a stack of OMD albums and a stack of UFO albums. Uh, That could be true. That could be very true, Greg. That could be very true. If you like both bands, let us know on, on the Twitter or on the Facebook All right. First song for Greg off Covenant. Uh, He says, "Uh, this is a strong album. Hard to pick just one, but if anything can catch the listener's ear, I think it would be in the middle of madness. Schenker is all over the fretboard and has a great melody and hook for the chorus. Perfect for FM radio, but since FM radio is dead, we can just play it here. And he says, play from the beginning. Now, I want to say that Unraveled and In the Middle of Madness are two of my favorites on this album, also. So, if they hadn't have picked one of these, I would have picked one of them. So, here's In the Middle of Madness. <laughs> Very nice pick. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go right in with my pick, which is Love is Forever. It's a little bit of a mid-tempo rocker, but this is also from Covenant, and here we go. It's a nice taste of the album that we call Covenant. Actually, we don't call it that. UFO UFO calls it that. See, I'm stumbling over my words. I'm here by myself. I'm lonely. I'm bored. Not bored. Not bored. A little bored. It's better when I have someone to talk to. People that do a podcast by themselves, God bless you, because uh, I could never do that. Obviously, no one would listen. People have probably shut off right now. All right, moving on to Sharks from the year 2002. Again, the lineup, as I said earlier, is Phil Mog, Michael Shanker, Pete Way, and Ainsley Dunbar on drum. So uh, there's always uh, lineup changes in UFO, so this, uh, these four s- stuck it out for two albums. Let's see what Michael Bagford wants us to listen to first from the album called Sharks. Michael actually picked two, but I'm only going to play one of these, Michael, so uh, uh, I am so sorry. But he says, Serenity. I find Sharks to be a very muddy, filler-based album, but it also has a couple of really standout tracks. This song, Serenity, kicks ass and takes names. Here we go with Serenity.
1: For eternity So smile now while you're looking for this serenity. Beside him kisses his ear. I guess all our time is running, running on fear. And
0: it goes around, around, around. I love uh, Phil's vocals are right out front on that song. I really like the production on that, even though um, even though it was just called a, a muddy mess, that song uh, is recorded pretty great. so uh, way to go. Good, good choice. Mr. Michael Bagford with serenity. Let's move on to Greg Cadester. Also, I will say this. If you're you're not a diehard UFO fan like I am, all of their albums have three, four, or five really, really solid tracks. I mean, the three that we just played from Covenant, I think, are just excellent. So even if you go to iTunes and cherry pick just the ones you like, uh, I think you'll enjoy it. I really think you're going to enjoy it. All right, here we go. Greg Cadester says about sharks, not as strong as Covenant, I totally agree with that, but it has its moments. I love the songs Quicksilver Rider and Sea of Faith, but I really dig the riff on someone's gonna have to pay. It is a variation of the riff from Depeche Mode's Personal Jesus with Distortion, of course. Love it. He says, play it from the beginning. So someone's gonna have to pay. Here we go. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest right now. That song has never done anything for me when I've listened to it in the car or on stereo or wherever. But sitting here right now in the headphones, that thing that thing sounds great. So uh, and as far as muddy uh, Michael Bagford, I think you need to put on some headphones, uh, preferably the Bose uh, noise canceling, and uh, listen uh, listen to this album again maybe because uh, I think that sounds great. Uh, my pick from Sharks is called Fighting Man. Here we go.
1: There's a distant drumming Coming over the hill She took everything Got my jacket. in her hand Yeah I was born so now I'm just a fighter man A fighter man
0: All right, that's Fighting Man from Sharks, 2002. We're moving on. There's lineup changes coming up. It's now two years later. It's 2004. And the band is consistent on releasing albums. I got to tell you this. uh, 2002, 2000, 2002, 2004, 2006, 2009, 2012. I mean, if your favorite band releases music at this pace, you you are a happy camper. So let's move on to an album called You Are Here. And I really feel like this is a kind of a, a comeback in a way for the band. they're They're finally they finally break with Michael Shanker because I, I guess just too hard to work with. And uh, they also get the name back. They get to use UFO. I guess when Michael joined the band for the Walk on Water album, they signed a they signed a contract that it could only be called UFO if Phil Mogg and Michael Shanker were were in the band. That's why after Walk on Water, Phil Mog and Pete Way did two albums under the moniker Mog Way. Those are also UFO albums, in my opinion. They've got, you know, they've got uh, people from the UFO family tree on them. Uh, the songs are written by Mog and Way and sung by Phil, and it just sounds like UFO. It even the logo they use the same lettering for the O's in Mog and Way. So pick those up. Uh, those are great albums, and, and they're easy to find. You can find them on, you can find them on uh, Amazon. All right, here we go. Uh, This album is called You Are Here. The lineup right now is Phil Mogg on vocals, Pete Way on bass, Paul Raymond from the classic lineup comes back on keyboards. The new guy on the block on guitar is Vinnie Moore. He's not a new guy, just new to the band. He's a guitar virtuoso and uh, highly respected, and he joins the band. And then on, on drums for this album, we got a guy named Jason Bonham. That's right, John Bonham's son. Yes, that guy. So I love, when this album came out and I saw Phil and Paul and Pete with these two younger guys, Vinny and Jason Bonham, I was so psyched about this album and I really dig it. I think this is a pretty solid album. So here's what Michael Bagford says. He picked a song called Mr. Freeze. He says, Pat and Kyle are big Batman fans, so I find it fitting to play this song. UFO could have done a concept album about the Batman villains or not. All right, here we go. This is Mr. Freeze. That was some pretty amazing guitar at the beginning of that song by Vinnie Moore. And just so you guys know, this is also the song that Greg Cadester picked. And here's what Greg says about the album You Are Here. I like this whole album. UFO has a new lead guitarist with Vinnie Moore and he brings it. There seems to be a different camps of UFO fans. Some love Chapman, some love Shanker. To be honest, uh, I've been happy with both as well as Moore. Mr. Freeze is a jam and Moore's lead is pretty killer. It might sound weird going straight into the guitar lead without the buildup that comes before it, but how many people are actually still listening to this U- OMD UFO ep- episode podcast at this point anyway? Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, there's at least two of us. Uh started at 240 and let it play until it goes into the chorus, and that's what I did. I, uh, I started at 240. That's what you heard. You heard the, the lead guitar solo into the chorus, so um, pretty cool. All right. So since those guys both picked the same song, I am going to pick two songs. I'm going to start with the track that kicks off the album. It's called When Daylight Goes to Town.
1: You cool it up or you could cool it down From some dizzy, dizzy height I can still hear that rolling sound Like a diesel in my
0: That is the album opener, When Daylight Goes to Town. And again, I get to pick two songs because those guys pick the same song. Uh, Michael Bagford didn't give us any cue points, so we're starting his from the beginning. Greg gave us a couple cue cue points. I don't know if I have any cue points on mine either. But uh, moving on to my third song from You Are Here. This song is one of my favorite UFO songs. It could possibly be my favorite UFO song. It's called Baby Blue. I know I've played it on the show before. It's still in the set list. They played it last Thursday when I saw the band. And here it is, Baby Blue. on the after party i don't know i'm just i'm just playing more uh longer clips right now i don't know why it's just the way it is i don't care what do i care by myself music's keeping me company moving on next album is the monkey puzzle cam comes out two years later 2006 uh of the vinnie moore era albums this i think is my favorite one uh i just think uh i just think the songs are, are really good on this Pretty consistent group of songs. Right now we did have a lineup change. Let me tell you who's in the band. We got Phil Mogg on vocals. We got Vinnie Moore on guitars. Got Paul Raymond on keyboards from the classic lineup. We got Pete Way on bass from the classic lineup and joining on drums. Jason Bonham's now gone. I think he went and played with Foreigner, but he never appeared on any Foreigner albums, just one song called Too Late. And uh, I don't know. I think I wish he would have stayed in UFO, but If he's going to leave UFO and we're going to replace him, then let's replace him with Andy Parker, the original founding member and drummer of UFO. So right now we have four of the five classic lineup members and we have Vinnie Moore on guitar. So this this is a great thing for UFO fans. So let's get into the monkey puzzle. Let's find out what Michael Bagford says. The Monkey Puzzle is a really good rock album with nice pop elements. This track opens the album and lets you know to get ready for the ride. Great tune. This is a song called Hard Being Me. good i don't know what people think about uh phil mogg's voice but i love it it's got um it's got a quality to it that didn't that no one else has he doesn't sound like anyone else and uh he's the guy that's been in the band for every single album from the beginning he's the linchpin no matter what guitarists came and went what bass players came and went you know it's been a ever-rotating you know uh, revolving door is what I want to say of players in this band and Phil Mogg has kept it together the whole time and uh, thank you Phil 70 years old he sounded amazing if you get a chance to see Yofo on the Last Orders tour it was so good it was the best I've seen them since I saw them in 1981 they were just having so much fun and bringing Neil Carter back uh, to replace Paul Raymond who sadly passed this year was a perfect idea Because that guy brought an energy to that stage that I haven't seen in a long time. And all the other members played off him. So, so weird that uh, the energy that he brings, but uh, so welcome too. All right. Mm, Greg says the monkey puzzle. Uh, Not a lot of bands can make their 18th studio album one of their best. I'd put this in my top five UFO albums. Probably the easiest album to enjoy on first listen since 1981's The Wild, The Willing, and The Innocent. Vinnie Moore does some great guitar work on this record, and he and Mog know how to write songs together. The song Some Other Guy has a great bluesy feel, and I love the keyboard and harmonica intro because it's not typical of a UFO song, and he wants to play this from the beginning. So let's hear Some Other Guy. Definitely a bluesy feel on that one, and uh, my turn to pick a monkey puzzle song. Very tough for me. I have two here. I have Drink Too Much or Goodbye You, and I just don't know which one to play, so I'm going to listen. Well, let's listen to a little bit of both. Uh, Here's Drink Too Much.
1: have my feet on the floor It's long evenings and cold and bare Don't we look just like a funny pair And you put a spell on my heart Oh honey There's nothing I can do about it Did I make you cry? Does it hurt too much? Do we
0: hold too much? Yeah, the lyrics are kinda sad for a song that uh that rocks, but uh here's another one, uh, goodbye you. I'm not Is goodbye you from the monkey puzzle. All right, we're moving on. It is we go from 2006 to 2009. We do have a lineup change, of course. It wouldn't be UFO if we weren't having lineup changes. Uh, for some reason, Pete Way leaves the band, and I've I don't even know why he left. I know that he couldn't get um, a work visa to come to the states, so when they were touring on the two previous albums. I'm pretty sure Pete couldn't come here, so they would have a someone tour with them here. And I don't know if that caused a rift or, or what happened, but uh, yeah, Pete Way is no longer in the band and um, and doesn't come back. And he's still alive, but um, that's how it goes. So on this album, it's Phil Mogg, Andy Parker, Paul Raymond, Vinnie Moore, and then... Listed as additional musician on bass guitar is Peter. It's either Pickle or Pitchell. It's P I C H L. I don't know who that is. I don't know if he's an amazing studio musician that they just brought in from uh, from the UK. But um, but here we go. The album is called The Visitor. Of the Vinnie Moore albums, uh, this is the one I like. I think the least. Although saying that, it still has. Four killer songs that I love. Four killer songs that I would put up against any four songs from any of the Vinnie Moore era albums. But the rest of the songs to me aren't great. So first of all, we're going to move to Michael Bagford. I'm going to call foul on Michael Bagford right now. Foul, Michael. Because today uh, on Twitter, The Visitor is the album that Michael is listening to today. And he gave it a 7 out of 10. But then here he writes, The Visitor is an all right album. Okay, an all right album doesn't get a seven, right? An all right album gets a five or a four or maybe even a six, but not a seven. All right, The Visitor is an all right album. I picked the bonus track off this one because it seems to stand out for me. Okay, there is a bonus track on this album. There's also a bonus track on You Are Here. If if anyone wants UFO bonus tracks, you know what to do. Just email me. Okay, this song is called Dancing with St. Peter. It was originally on an album that Phil Mogg did with a guy named Jeff Coleman, and that band was called Sign of Four. So uh, this is just UFO's version of, uh, that was. I put the accent weird on UFO. Uh, and this is Dancing with St. Peter. I don't think I like this song that much. I don't know. Here we go. Dancing with St. Peter. I like that song a little bit uh, as of this listen, a little bit better, but uh it's still it doesn't do a lot for me. But um but that's what Bagford picked. He liked Dancing with St. Peter. Bonus track from the visitor. Again, uh my rating of this album is uh is uh what do I want to say? I just listened to the album this week. So my rating on this, which is still the album I probably like least of the Vinnie Moore era, that still stands. That's what I'm trying to say. All right, Greg Cadester says Uh, The Visitor, I bought this album earlier this year. There isn't a bad song on the album and has only gotten better with each listen. Now see, this is what's great about music. I don't like this one that much. Uh, Greg says it gets better with each listen. I mean, should I keep listening to it? Should I listen to it again? I don't know. Uh, He says, save me is the opening track, or what's actually called Saving Me. Saving Me is the opening track. There are better songs on the record, but the intro with the slide and the acoustic guitar is very cool. So please play from the beginning. All right, this is Saving Me.
1: upon the wild, wild Brother
0: I think Greg Cadester loves the blues because so many of the ones he picked today seem to have a, a blues tinge to my ear moving on with my pick from The Visitor. If I, if I had to tell you the four songs I love from The Visitor, it would be Hell Driver, Living Proof, Can't Buy a Thrill, maybe Forsaken, and then definitely the one I'm going to play, which is Stop Breaking Down. pretty mean uh, breakup song. Lots of breakup songs. But then you could ask him, is this a breakup song? He might tell you it's about uh, something completely different. But for me, that sounds like a breakup song. All right, moving on to Seven Deadly. Seven Deadly is one of the best albums with Mr. Vinnie Moore. This is a great album. I was so psyched when this one came out. Sounded great. Um... Lineup is Phil Mogg, Vinnie Moore, Paul Raymond, Andy Parker. And studio musician on this album is a a guy called Lars Lehman. Never heard of him, but that's the lineup on the record. Uh, There are two bonus tracks on this. One's called Other Men's Wives. Another one's called Bag of Blues. Again, if you're looking for UFO bonus tracks, you can email me. I'll send them to you. Let's see what Michael Bagford has to say about Seven Deadly. Seven Deadly is a great album. Phil Mogg's lyrics are darker, than, are darker than usual, and I like it. This kicks off the album just right, and that song that kicks off the album is a song written by Phil Mogg and Paul Raymond. This is called Fight Night. That's fight night, baby. Baby, that's fight night, baby. That's. (laughs) Oh, I wish someone was here to make fun of me, but I'll just make fun of myself. That's fight night, baby. (laughs) Okay, that was stupid. All right, here we go. I'll move on. Greg Cadester says about Seven Deadly, another solid album. Phil Mogg was 64 years old when this came out, and his voice is in amazing form. Year of the Gun is a strong and steady track. I have found it to be pretty a pretty good song to put on my cycling playlist. It has a terrific riff throughout the song that's great to listen to while everybody is passing me on the trail. Let's listen to Year of the Gun and uh, start it from the beginning.
1: I got a smell of whiskey and with a catalyst. Got a mother
0: You're the gun, people. You're the gun, baby. Uh, What do I got for you? Man, it was between two. It was between Angel Station and Burn Your House Down. Burn Your House Down was in the set list last week, so I'm going to treat you to some of that. This is from Sedley. Seven, wow. Sedley is what I said. I took seven deadly and made a new word, Sedley. It's like a made-up word, like "sesudio," Sedley, Uh, from 2012. The album is Seven Deadly. This is Burn Your House Down. So many songs on seven deadly. I was uh, able to get this album autographed on this tour And I'd never met Vinnie Moore before Uh, I never got a signature before so Phil was out and he was uh, he was signing stuff and As he left he turned To me and he said is there anyone else? That you'd like me to get and I said well, I've, I've never met Vinnie before And he turned on his heels and he said, ah, Vinny. And then he walked through these two double doors to where the band was. And I heard him say, he said, Vinny, there's some people out there that would like to meet you. And Vinny Moore came out and signed and couldn't have been nicer. And I've never had a bad interaction with any of the members of UFO. Always pleasant, uh, except a compliment, just English gentlemen. These guys were, were, are just so good, except for Michael Shanker. Michael Shanker uh, said, I have no time. That's what he said. That's how he sounds. I said, Michael, can I get a signature? He said, I have no time. So uh, beware. Beware of the Shanker. All right, let's move on to an album called Conspiracy of Stars. This came out in 2015. The lineup at this point is everybody's the same still it is phil mogg vinnie moore paul raymond andy parker and now rob deluca joins the band on bass i'm pretty sure rob is the person that was touring with them for the last couple of albums when they would come to the states so they made him a uh, they made him a member of the band and he plays on this album and he has a couple of songwriting credit credits including the opening track, which uh, is the one I will eventually play. But let's hear what, uh, what the guys say about this album. I'm going to go with Greg Cadester first this time, because Greg says, I have yet to listen to this album. I'll just agree to go with whatever M. Bags has to say about it. All right, and then M. Bags says, he says, a conspiracy of stars is a big disappointment after coming off a killer album like Seven Deadly. This song, however, does have a great guitar solo from Vinnie Moore. Okay, I'm going to play his song and then I'm going to comment on what he just said. This song is called Rollin' Rollin'. We have Shoot Shoot, we have Dr. Doctor, and now they have a song called Rollin' Rollin'. Here we go. address what Michael Bagford said. He sent me these notes on, uh, looks like around September 23rd, almost a month ago. When he sent these notes and I read, uh, that conspiracy of stars is a big disappointment. Uh, at that point I, I 100% agreed with that. This album to me was not a good album. However, however, I've been listening to this album for the last two weeks and I was wrong about this album. I did not think this was a great album either, but man, I am really, really enjoying this now. And I would tell Greg to seek it out, and I would tell Michael to give it another listen, because it's, it's so much better than, than I thought. It really is. So I'm gonna play two songs off this. First, of, first one I'm gonna play is the song that opens the album. It's co-written by Phil Mogg and Rob DeLuca, and this song is called The Killing Kind.
1: A story of possession Oh, the kingdom kind He won out guns a-blazing His shirt wagged in the wind I watched him delicately frazzled His lights, they slowly dim Not cold at all It's my demon talking so boom is my sugar talking Whoa The slowest phrase But oh so sublime Love that's killing slow fish of killing kind
0: Come on M bags Let's get on board with The Conspiracy of Stars. Again, I agree. I agree. A couple weeks ago, I would have said, yes, yes, not a good album. But now I say, I was wrong. This is a good album. And here's the next song from this album. Uh, this is in the set list right now. Um, it's, it, they, they swap it out every other night with another song. But uh, this is uh, called Run, Boy, Run. right that's a little taste of a conspiracy of stars moving on to 2017 now sadly sadly this is not only the last ufo album Uh, this album is called the salentino cuts sadly this is not a good album it is an album of cover songs this is how ufo is closing out their studio album career and um it pains me. They seem so rejuvenated though on stage. Maybe maybe they're done touring, but maybe they'll record another studio album. Certainly there's gonna be a live album from this tour. I, I can't imagine there not being a live album. But um, what do they have here? They did Break On Through by The Doors. They did Paper and Fire by John Mellencamp, Rock Candy by Montrose, Mississippi Queen by Mountain, Ain't No Sunshine by Bill Withers, uh Honey Bee by Tom Petty. Uh It's My Life by the Animals. And there's 12 songs on here. The the uh the songs look, you know, you read the you read the list and you're like, oh, that's a pretty eclectic list of songs. Just um they just don't they don't do anything for me. But um let's see what Bagford has to say. Bag says the Celentino cuts. Oh boy, this album is not very good, is it? It's cool that they cover this deep track, though, from Tom Petty. Okay, so let's listen to UFO's take on Honeybee. It's okay. I mean, it's not great, but it's okay. Uh, I will give you a taste of this album though. Um, a great, great, cadester. Didn't, he didn't even acknowledge this album. Maybe he doesn't know it exists. Maybe he's better not knowing. Uh, this is called heart of soul. not terrible it just I don't know why it doesn't do anything for me it just doesn't it just does not do anything for me and they don't they didn't play any of these songs obviously no covers on the Last Orders tour Uh, when I first picked up this album and I I saw the the track listing the one that intrigued me most the one that I wanted to hear the most was the John Mellencamp cover of Paper and Fire because I thought this was very out of the ordinary uh, for UFO to tackle so let's hear a little of Paper and Fire some UFO in that one, but um, just don't dig it that much. Just, uh, I think this album got one listen from me. I mean, you know, just uh, covers albums are tough. When they're good, they're very good. And when they're not good, they are bad. All right. That's it for the After Party, starring me and from afar, Michael Bagford and Greg Cadester. Uh, let me see how Greg signs off for you guys. Thanks, Pat. And if people want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Greg. Uh, I'm sorry. That's totally wrong. Ignore what I said. If people want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Gray and then C-H-I-D. So G-R-A-Y-C-H-I-D. At G-R-A-Y-C-H-I-D. Um, I always would call Greg Chidester, but it's pronounced but if I said at Grey Kid, you wouldn't know what I was talking about. So, again, follow Greg on Twitter at c h i d. He says, I tweet exclusively about music and occasionally argue with John Lamoureux over bad albums. Take care, Greg. And then Michael Bagford, he picked the, he picked the playout song for this after party. Here's what he says. The outro, thanks again to Pat and the Rock Solid crew for putting out a great show every week. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. You can find me on Twitter at Michael Bagford. I'll be appearing on the Pods and Sods podcast with Pat for a Six Pack of Queen episode. I think that one's already dropped. Uh, I'll also be appearing on the Pop podcast with Ken Mills where we discuss the Pink Floyd album Animals. Keep on rocking, everybody. His playout song is a song called Venus. UFO's classic lineup reunited in 1995 and produced the amazing album Walk on Water, which was produced by Ron Nevison. This is a killer song that deserves to be a UFO classic. It was in the set list last week. Keep on rocking, Rock Solid, and I hope you all enjoyed this after-party episode. All right, everybody, we are at Rock Solid Show. I'm Pat underscore Francis. If you want to get in on winning these OMD 3LP vinyl sets, Go to patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast. Do this now because the trivia question goes up tomorrow. And uh, for just $2 a month, 50 cents an episode, I call it set it and forget it money. You're not even going to know that that $2 is coming out of your checking account or savings account or whatever account you have. So go do it. Support the show. Uh, I work really hard on this and, and I'm proud of it. And I appreciate everyone who listens. And this is from 1995, the Walk on Water album. This is Venus.
1: Palm of her hand. As her blackness touched your very heart, she'll smile sweetly as your world falls. Oh